0: <laughs> yeah You know that type of girl <laughs> Make you go to the store And buy out all those mics <laughs> God. We bought that mic yesterday And now we're recording today and Then she threw it away
1: Just like my bae does Johnny Cash ever just talk?
2: Yeah, it's your- that's this is old a spoken
1: country word intro. Yeah. I shot a man in Reno just to buy
0: his mic. It's oh. all because of that girl oh. at the store. <laughs> Never forget her that day. When that oh. we, her name was microphone, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I bought her. I had to buy. Her. She looked like a gyrophone. Kaleidoscope by Through, my by by Through my mind Through my mind Remember when Do you remember when Do you, Do you remember, remember when Do you remember
1: when Do you remember when And you could buy a mic Hi Hello
3: And welcome to <laughs> We bought a mic
0: We bought a mic
3: episode so that's next week <laughs> number 16 of uh this pop culture podcast where we talk the latest in film tv mm. movies no. music They're not music cinema
0: we can't talk about music here have you you heard you have you read the criticisms my <laughs> have you read the latest av
1: club post my name is ernest calderon colin's just jealous because if he talked about music everyone would be like who's glass jaw <laughs> <laughs> and and what's your name uh, I'm Drew, sir. Oh, hey. oh, hey, friend. Never met you before. Uh, my name
0: is Hunter, and that's it. Oh, oh wait, who is this?
3: Wait, Are you, the, oh. I think someone infiltrated our table. Oh. you know if if you just keep sitting here, I, i'm I'm just <laughs> I'm not gonna put your name on the title anymore. <laughs>
2: I live here. Welcome
1: well, back to the show, Grant. Thanks. We bought he a lives grant. Here and he carries a mic everywhere. Yeah, everywhere I He has right a hundred go. foot cord.
2: <laughs> I just walk around my house some slippies See, and a mic. See, I,
3: I, here I was hoping that we were going to have some nice alone time with the OG3, <laughs> and then I, I find Grant sitting in my chair.
0: Grant, what do we have to discuss <laughs> I I for you to chair. go to the other room? Can we just talk about Coheed for the next hour? I mean, Will I would go to the other room yeah. if you did that. Can Is everybody that go to the other room? Yeah, we can yeah. all leave. <laughs> Are <laughs> we are prefer. you gonna have Claudio on? Yeah, uh next week it's just gonna be me and the Claude, the Claude Meister. Gonna be talking Thanking scientists. Talk and
3: heed. Talk and heed. Kill me. Okay, well, today on the pod, we don't have too much to talk about, but we are going to bring you a spoiler special where we backtrack on some films that we've been catching up on and talk more in depth about them, including the new Pixar film Coco. We're going to be doing some Pixar rankings, top 10 lists, some other shows, and uh, also some TV and news and you know the huge
0: the huge before oh, we get man. into <sighs> any
3: of this though i did want to give a little bit of uh housekeeping no that Brett made me realize that Dirk Gently is on Hulu season one. So if you're trying to get caught up and watch that. Did you say it's not? Oh, you said it's on BBC I, America. Yeah, I said it was on BBC, but it's season one is on Hulu, season two is on BBC. So you're Baron saying right we now.
0: don't have to live in the UK to watch Dirk Gently? No,
3: you can watch season one of Dirk Gently right now on the Hulu. So let's just get right into it, yo, uh, with our news
0: yeah, so it turns out that whenever we said that uh, Fox wasn't buying, or that Disney wasn't buying Fox, and we were like, yeah, that's not happening, looks like we were wrong.
3: Yeah, it's being reported <laughs> that they're finalizing the deal as we speak, and that by this time next week, it, it'll it be a, a done thing. It'll be a done deal that Disney will own all of the assets of 20th Century Fox.
0: Well, they're buying it, but it's still... This kind of a purchase has to go through like the Supreme Court and stuff like that to make sure that they're not violating any kind of monopoly yeah. laws, which they are, but I don't know if that'll actually well, stop it or not. If they're not, there just should be a law that they're violating. Because oh, And this also leads to another thing, which we actually didn't discuss last time, but after doing some more research on... What this deal would mean, it would mean because right now with Hulu, Disney has thirty percent stakes in the company, with Fox also owning thirty percent takes stakes. Meaning that if this sale does go through, then Disney will have sixty percent of the stakes in Hulu. So what does that mean for Disney's for Disney streaming company? That yeah, they would
3: probably just make it Hulu. Well, this is why they're doing this in the first place so that they can have like a, a a strong foot in in i mean disney already owns so much right but by them doing this they will be bigger than netflix just by starting
0: the yeah the service that's yeah. how you do it you're gonna come into a streaming company try and make that your thing just buy everybody else out It's better than starting from the ground up.
1: Yep. Mm. Um, They would get FX in the deal, too, which is sad because I love FX.
0: Okay, see, the one thing that I would hope for with this deal is that they will still keep the name 20th Century Fox and that we'll still get films We'll still get the, like, the... Yeah, that's what I'm worried about is the the intro. No, but they'll still they'll use that almost as like their adult film. Right, it's yeah, not going to be turned things. straight Disney. Not we can still be Disney. We could still get a film that. like Logan or Deadpool. That's hopeful. Yeah. That's none of that yeah. means. That that's I mean, they they've bought
1: m- a million little studios and they still use the names of the studios when they, like. I'm trying to – is it Miramax? Mm-hmm. One of those, like, smaller but still big studios they own, but they let them use the name so, like, you don't just see Disney everywhere. You know, like, oh, um, Jesus Christ. the Simpsons actually made this joke probably, like,
3: 10 years ago. Yeah, They had a, a 20th Century Fox logo in in a bit that said a Walt Disney Company at the <laughs> bottom of it. That's funny. They, That's they also always sad. Know. So um, I think it was CNBC, some sort of um, – financial news outlet mm. was uh, reporting that this is a 60 billion dollar deal 68 billion 68 billion dollar deal this is insane this is uh, disney bought star wars and lucasfilm for what 2.5 bill yeah <laughs> so <laughs> That's that,
0: insane this is 30 times that well this also uh buying fox leads into a bit of star wars news Drew, cover your ears. But this means that they could finally release the original versions of A New Hope because 20th Century Fox is attached to A New Hope. And I mean, technically, they have the rights to Lucasfilm, so they can re-release it. But that might have been one of the reasons why they've been holding back, releasing the theatrical cuts that people have been asking for for decades at this point. Do
3: you think that this is one of the main reasons why they're trying to push so hard
0: for this deal? Other than all the Marvel stuff, I mean, it's it's definitely possible that that could uh, have something to do with it. I just I wonder how this is going to affect like places like Universal Studios here in Orlando and places like that. They've already kind of had to move some stuff around since Disney bought Marvel. That yeah. they they have some kind of a contract right now with Marvel that uh, I think it's like. Uh, theme parks east of Mississippi or some shit like that. So California what? and stuff. Really? Yeah, no, it's a deal like that what? where that's, that's why Universal can still use Marvel properties. But I'm wondering if that's going to apply because like to like the Simpsons, like there's a Simpsons ride at Universal. Yeah. We're going to get a Simpsons ride at Disney World now? I, I think like, it'll what?
3: take a lot of time to phase all of that stuff over, you know, because mm-hmm. at this point there are Marvel characters showing up at Disney World. Like Disney World has Spider-Man, Captain America, um there might be a couple i think
0: i think are they building like a disney or like a marvel like sub park within hollywood studios or something here in in orlando yeah i don't think so okay No, we're getting a star wars it's characters
3: and merch it's just characters and merch right now i because uh, think about all the rides at universal they're all very comic book design they have no mcu ties at all they they can't use the likeness of any of the actors. Right. Nothing, yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing tying it to the movies. So it, it, there's some gray areas with the legality here that you know we are not too aware of. Um, but hey, I mean, you know, this is. Uh,
0: sounds like it's happening. It, so this could be huge. Have to, hey, another thing is the most culturally relative film of all time, culturally relevant. Go be Avatar will now be a <laughs> Disney property. So, we can oh, all be God. happy that instead of four more Avatar films, we're going to get 18 more. We're going to get the Avatar cinematic universe that we we'll always see, wanted.
3: I'll, I'll, I pitched it on the pod before, but I'll pitch it again. <laughs> we need a James Cameron cinematic universe. Yeah, that's
0: what gonna I was t- going to say. Tie this in <laughs> the JCCU. Yeah. Terminator is going to show up Give the people to the sinking Titanic with blue people. <laughs> <laughs>
3: just just keep it going forever. Yeah. Um, cgi arnold until (laughs) three three million years okay so (laughs) speaking of fox and x-men and all this fucking shit brian singer director of four x-men films Mm -hmm. has been fired from the queen biopic bohemian rhapsody due to abandonment of his set Yeah, yeah so
0: i was just reading about this before and like he
1: apparently just like fucking bailed he claimed that he had like a family emergency and like health issues and stuff like that the thing is there are also claims that he's a pedophile and amid everything that's going on right now it's hard to imagine that that's not affecting him and he's like frantically trying to cover his tracks like as much as he can you know what i mean
3: yeah i think okay so here we have this story has two sides to it essentially on one side we have brian singer saying that he legitimately had a reason to bail on his movie, that he had a family emergency and that the studio could not accommodate his absence and that they just had to let him go. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, we have the cast and crew saying that he was a toxic presence on the set who was throwing shit at the star of the film Rami Malek
1: Yeah apparently it ended in a confrontation Where they were like both getting like violent Practically yeah with each other Yeah I'm gonna take the cast and
0: crew side over Brian sure. Singer <laughs> like without
1: a doubt <laughs> He's yeah he's one of the OG Accused pedophiles it also in Hollywood. like it just doesn't make
0: sense. Like, if you had a family emergency, why wouldn't you, like, at least tell the crew? Like, his side of the story doesn't really make sense. Aside from, like, because they went on Thanksgiving break and then he was just fucking AWOL for three days yeah, and it's, nobody that, knew where yeah, he was. Yeah, it is
1: kind of like a, why would you not just say that? Like, yeah, it's exactly. obviously a covering his tracks if
0: it was a, re- If that was a real thing that happened... Why would he not just call the studios up and be like, hey, I'm having a family emergency. I might yeah. need some time and then it was, I'll be back. It was like
1: unexcused absence. Also, yeah. there's
3: been apparently there's a precedent for him like bailing on his film sets. This is not the first time he's done this. Yeah, there's there's talk that um, I'm not sure which films he's done it on. Uh, maybe Superman Returns. I know he directed that recently ish. Um, but there has been talk of him bailing. I do want to take this moment to give a shout-out to Rami Malek, though, because this uh, project was supposed to be Sacha Baron Cohen's baby. He Sacha Baron Cohen was supposed to write, direct, and star mm. in this film. God, that and, would have been so interesting. Yeah, and the Queen, the surviving members of Queen, they yeah. rejected
1: his pitch, what's, his idea. Yeah, what's the main guitarist name? Brian May. Mm. He Yeah, he was adamant about, he was saying... It has to be mainly about us coming back after Freddie Mercury died. Because, you know, anyone gives a shit about that. No one cares about that. Everyone cares about Freddie Mercury. And he was like, no, 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 no. It's got to be me. Cohen had a very, I mean, I don't know
3: his pitch, but he said he wanted the film to be a hardcore drama about Mercury's struggle with AIDS and, and how he... How he wanted to balance that personal side of his life with his
1: huge fame and celebrity. Mm-hmm. It must have been a crazy and, story. I mean, if I know, like, everything I know about Cohen, you would think that it would be less flattering than his Freddie Mercury's estate and everyone around him would want, where it would be, like, more realistic, kind of. You know, it would probably depict, like, his drug use and stuff like that more openly. Right. Um, so I can see why they would end up not wanting to go with his vision, but man, that would be really, really interesting. But going back to M- Rami Malek, like,
3: if you know, th- there's there's already that stain on the film, you know, because everyone's going to think, oh, you know, this could have been amazing if Sacha Baron Cohen made it. But Rami Malek won an Emmy for his performance in Mr. Robot. I mean, he's a great actor, one. and he looks like Freddie Mercury. Yeah. He does. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. they released an image of him in the. Part like they shot a whole concert sequence, and you know this this man he's just trying to, he's he's just doing his job, and he has the fucking director of the movie throwing shit at him and yelling at him. Like, the, best of luck to this man to try to give the best performance that he can. Mm. I I hope that he can make a, a good film with. They they were almost done shooting too, and this mm. happens. So. Yeah,
0: I know. I saw that they only had two weeks left, so. Either they're going to have to basically ride out Brian Singer's vision, or they're going to have to do a lot of reshoots, I'm sure. Yeah,
3: damn.
0: Um, all right, so for this last
3: bit of news, guys, we really do live in a strange world, don't we?
1: I mean, aside from all this shit with pedophiles. and Yeah, and this is a story that's like someone threw darts at a wall yeah. with words on <laughs> it. Apparently,
3: Quentin Tarantino has pitched a Star Trek movie to Paramount, and they're moving forward with it, with J.J. Uh, Abrams as producer, mm-hmm. hopefully
1: to get Quentin to write and direct it. Weird. Is it going to be canonical with the other Star Treks, like same cast or what? I
3: have no fucking clue. I honestly don't even know if this is going to
1: happen because
3: it's so crazy.
0: I don't. I don't want this to happen. Apparently, the say. the
3: pitch is so good that they're like putting all of whatever money they can into it to but make like, it happen.
0: Has anybody seen a Quentin Tarantino film lately? And they were just like, you know what Star Trek needs? Mm. Some violence, sitcom humor. And And lots of, yeah, people (laughs) saying the N-word. White people saying the N-word. Yeah,
1: but also the... At least
0: this time it'll be white people with pointy ears, though. Oh, yeah. So there we go. And they'll be saying, hey, you can't say, and then they'll say it. (laughs) (laughs) Because
1: they're all very ethical up in space. Yeah. (laughs) but the other, the flip side of that is that the 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 Star Trek movies have been monetarily successes, but like, have they been significant at all? Like, I think it's been diminishing. Yeah, have they been good?
0: I think like, that it's
1: it's like the decline has gone down they're, they're like from epic. movie to movie.
2: You know, yeah, they're not they're visually stunning. Yeah, that's I think about I think they it. Could, honestly,
1: they could use someone bring in fresh
3: ideas. Well, that's, them, that's yeah, what they try to I do agree. with Justin Lin. Justin Lin directed Star Trek Beyond and he directed the uh, fast he, he brought new life into Fast and Furious with mm. Fast Five and then he went to Star Trek and tried to do the same thing. Does that mean
1: they're going to bring the rock in?
3: <laughs>
4: oh, Star Trek? the rock in yeah. space. As William Shatner. Space rock. The yeah. asteroid. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> Honestly, that I would watch that movie. <laughs> the Rocket Star Trek. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I am yeah, in. Directed
0: by Quentin Tarantino? They launch him so, from a cannon. <laughs> is this supposed to be Star Trek 4? Is this like what they're or Is there another Star Trek movie already in the works?
3: That's a good question. Um I'm not sure. Let me look it up real quick. I mean, at this point if we're trying to do uh cinematic universes and whatnot why not have quentin yeah. make a uh fast and furious star trek collab film a, star- a crossover I mean, he, he's of sorts. also making
1: a movie about the manson murders well yeah. that that
3: that's done he's 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 coming out with that or not done but i think it's shooting right
0: yeah it's, i think it's in post now i think it, they just finished uh shooting because it's coming out next
1: year um, I don't know when exactly it's coming out next year, but that, this says it's not being filmed yet. Like the cast is still being decided. Really? So it's he's scheduled gonna,
0: to come out 2018. Yeah, uh-huh. he's but.
3: gonna he's gonna shoot and finish the this Manson movie in a year. I mean, I guess. Okay, he there just is shits out scripts. There is a Star Trek four of the new tril- of the new films already um in pre production with Chris Chris Hemsworth slated to return as George Kirk, Kirk's father. Do you guys remember in you mean Star
0: Trek? Chris Pine? No, Chris no, Hemsworth? No, you
3: you don't remember in Star Trek? The the very first scene of the J.J. J. Abrams Star Trek is Chris Hemsworth as as George Kirk on the USS um, oh, Kelvin. How
0: how is that gonna work?
3: It's like time travel, I guess. Oh yeah, okay. I don't know. Dude, I love J.J. Abrams' Star Trek. That's a great movie. Because he basically made Star Trek into Star Wars. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's true. He, yeah. he definitely did. He made it like exciting and like fun and action-packed, which is not what Star Trek is supposed to be at all, but it was a cool movie. And then Star Trek... Into Darkness was a departure
1: from that speaking of Star Trek uh, I just mentioned this before the pod but what you know nothing matters unless it's being recorded so um, were we gonna talk about the how Black Mirror is coming out soon yeah late December I think the 29th it's the coming out one of the episodes it's been like I haven't seen any trailers well it's been kind of leaked that one, one of the episodes is like a direct uh, Star Trek rip yeah but with, with like the, a little twist on it with Matt uh, Meth Damon yeah Fat Damon
0: Meth
3: Damon
2: yeah,
1: yeah. Um, Jesse jesse plemons jesse plemons a yeah.
2: um, twist in space that we haven't seen before Is also be um scary?
3: what's his name from westworld the dude the McPoyle guy oh, oh really? really from yeah. uh, always sunny yeah he's in it okay. too That's but yeah cool. it comes out friday december 29th uh six uh, episodes uh, can't pretty excited wait. I, I mean i love black mirror
0: yeah same i really hope that they get that the quality improves a little bit just because the American Black Mirror of season three was Shaky. Definitely. It was very up and down. Yeah. There were some really great highs
2: in it, but also some very
1: God, mediocre the, the bees episodes. The
3: episode was forgettable. So
1: yeah, bad. <laughs> I was
2: thinking about that today, and I feel like this could be the time that Black Mirror starts, you know, going downhill. That's ah, so sad. They, they got so many, so many gems.
3: It's. I think the worst thing they could have done was up it to six episodes. They should have kept it. Yeah. They should have upped it to four. Yeah, go from three to yeah. four. Hmm.
0: Right, but doubling the amount of content that they put out, like these money, are money, these money. are very, but these are just very complex ideas. Yeah. yeah, they're supposed to be. Like, this is a story that you only get an hour's worth of that you want, like, a two-and-a-half-hour film. and And you'll be thinking about it. And that's, yeah, Yeah. that's the point of, that's what I love about the first two seasons of Black Mirror and those episodes. Even the best episodes of Black Mirror and the newest season, I feel like I had enough of of that world, like, nosedive, test play, like... Those were amazing episodes, mm-hmm. but I feel like I already got the full story. Like yeah. I wasn't interested in going back into that world as much.
2: Right. It wasn't necessarily something I had never seen before. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about it when
3: demos, it comes but. out, but I mean, I think Black Mirror is one of the best shows that has come out in the last... You know, new I, wave I of, of, that. Yeah. of TV. Yeah. This this it, it's prestige it's era.
2: Singularly, like it's pretty unique. It's impressive. Oh, it's extremely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's the closest
0: thing to the Twilight Zone, which we'll get. That's which, true. speaking of. If you guys heard the other news, I forgot to put this on here. Jordan Peele is attached to a new, I I think he's just producing it, but they're uh, reviving the Twilight Zone. For
3: CBS All Access. Yeah. I don't know if this is actually going to happen, because he's just in talks. He's not confirmed to be involved. That'd be cool.
0: I saw this. I think that uh, Gaia showed this to me. It was on E! Which is why I no, thought he, that it was. he's
3: in talks for sure. He, that's why I thought he that, hasn't signed the dotted line
0: yet. I know he hasn't signed Dude, it, but Jordan I think Peele
3: is being approached with all kinds of projects yeah. right now. He, I mean,
0: regardless, they're going to make this Twilight Zone thing. They're trying to ship CBS All Access really has that hard. Even, ha, that's that came out
3: right with the new Star Trek show
0: yeah 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 no it's it's out it's on god damn it like who the fuck even cares wait how how have you guys been watching young sheldon then
3: oh
1: boy (laughs) i've been imagining what about the good doctor
0: oh Mm. is that the highest rated show on tv that nobody cares about i mean i guess
3: um bef- nobody voted before we move on <laughs> when i looked up this uh quentin tarantino story on star trek i the first thing that came up is a picture of quentin tarantino have you guys seen what he looks like nowadays
1: yeah bad I can't imagine it's good <laughs> i his mean his face is so if you fun. have a head that fucking big i feel like you're gonna go bald
3: <laughs> L- listeners uh if if you want you no know, no if you if you're feeling. Uh, adventurous he, just look up a uh he
2: just he has a tragic condition where his forehead is slowly overtaking the rest of his head just
3: look up a picture of Quentin Tarantino 2017 oh, oh and God. he looks like a mix between what? um Dale Cooper and <laughs> Twin Peaks the Return and Charles Manson why wouldn't he
0: just <laughs> shave his hair maybe he's playing Charles Manson he hasn't announced it yet but he's gonna play that'd be cool Charles Manson yeah
3: he looks like if if you took Kyle McLauhan and like just smeared a bunch of clay on
2: him. And yeah, like, or right. like, like if if
1: Kyle MacLachlan watched the ring video, <laughs> Quentin, Quentin
2: Tarantino oh. never looked good. But yeah, I no, mean, he's, he's, always always good. he's always been ugly.
1: And ugly people don't tend to age well. Okay,
0: <laughs> guys, guys. I actually, this is breaking news from four hours ago. Jordan Peele to executive produce CBS Twilight Zone reboot. Oh, confirmed. It's four hours ago. We are breaking Has the news. Confirmed. Listen, everybody. Breaking. This is, four yeah, this hours is on. Later. This is on Variety and Gadget Deadline. It's so, official. oh, so he's EP. Yeah, he's EPing it. Okay, well see, that
3: that's, that'll be good.
0: See, that's the thing. Is like I. CBS Twilight Zone, has a lot of money
1: to throw around, so I'm sure you got a fat paycheck out of that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I I'm excited. Like, I love Twilight Zone. Like, Twilight Zone is incredible. It's such a great show. Have
2: you show.
0: seen them all? Yeah, I've seen all like five thousand episodes of it. No, but I mean, like, <laughs> I. Used to just watch the Twilight Zone, like as a kid, as like oh, yeah. a pretty young kid, mm-hmm. I would just watch the Twilight Zone, like as a young all Sheldon. Time. Yeah, yeah, as a young Sheldon, and I was like young in Hunt. the womb, back in like the twenties. Yeah, yeah, no, but <laughs> 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 the twenty mm. well, twenties. Okay. Uh, quick thing about
3: Jordan Peele, though. Um, they announced the the Hollywood Reporter roundtable for this year, and he's on it, and I'm so stoked. It's Mm. not going to come out until, like,
1: early January, but it's going to be a good one. Well, he's uh, been on one of theirs before, but it was as a comedy actor. Oh, it was an acting Yeah, so it was with a bunch of funny dudes. So this is going to be with, like, uh, directors, I'm assuming. Maybe
0: maybe that means, like, because usually the Hollywood Reporter, for those panels, they have pretty much all guys who are nominated for Best Director.
1: Oh, for the Oscars? Yeah. So it'll be Spielberg. Um PTA, maybe. I mean which, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be hopeful. I'm sure he's, you know, he's in talks for a nomination. He has been yeah. since the movie came out.
0: Speaking of Spielberg though, the uh first reactions from the poster out Drew was telling me. Yeah,
3: the New York Times calls it the most important movie
1: of the year. Really? Huh. Yeah. AV Club gave it a C+. Plus. Oh, boy. Yeah. They yeah. did say it was very timely and it's like a good uh portrait of the press which is kind of needed right now since they're being attacked from I was about to say all angles, but they're being attacked from one angle specifically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, from the
0: highest angle.
1: Yeah. Yo, okay.
3: Uh, th- back to the THR roundtable. It, he's on the writers roundtable with Ooh. Sorkin, Aronofsky, Yo. Um,
1: and Emily V. Gordon what writer of the big six. that's awesome is that crazy that's dope emily's fucking great she's she was on you made it weird a couple times and she's like one of the best interviews i've ever heard in my yeah. life she's incredible um, we'll be talking about
3: the big sick a little bit later on on the pod yeah, but we should have mentioned movie. that she
1: co-wrote that with kumail and she's a really good writer yeah i mean it's the story of her life yeah and mm. she's a uh you know she's a psychologist by trade but she kind of put that aside to run the uh, meltdown comic store um, which is when, you, if you might remember, the meltdown with Jonah and Kumail, the Comedy Central show that was just a stand-up showcase yeah. for LA comedians. Um, she ran the that entire setup. Yeah. Um. So she's like always been comedy adjacent and like a big comedy fan and very more, more like a behind the scenes sort of. Yeah. Person. She well yeah she just hadn't and she's written uh, she wrote a book last year too so that yeah that that really gets me and, excited. yeah That's there's cool. there's some good getting credit I
3: have the website pulled up right now they also announced the producer round table with Seth Rogen, Judd Apatow, um
1: is that? They're old buddy Ridley Scott? Yeah, yeah, Ridley Scott. Jason it- Blum? Nice. I don't, I'm surprised that I don't like Ridley Scott's personality. He's kind of an unlikable person. I feel yeah. like that's a general sentiment. He was on a, yeah, he was on a round table a We've of years talked ago. about this on the pod before. Yeah, he
3: was He's so snobby. Yeah,
1: he was on a round table with like, some of the greatest minds in film, and he was acting like he was the best one out of them, and he wasn't. Do you guys think that that's how Aronofsky is going to be? He's going to be like, yeah, it's just so hard being a tortured
0: artist. Just Hence <laughs> <laughs> why I made Mother, just yeah, to, that's why I had to how hard it is. That's why I you had ever to... feel
1: like you're God? <laughs> yeah. That's, Ooh, the, that's why I bonked Jennifer Lawrence the, for a year. The
3: <laughs> actor's roundtable is Franco, Sam Rockwell, Gary Oldman, John Boyega, Willem Dafoe, and Tom Hanks. John mm. Boyega. Ooh, nice. A great roundtable. That's, that's really yeah, cool. I, I really...
0: I want to see The Darkest Hour. It hasn't gotten the best reviews, but just... <sighs> I... I Seems like... Inter- like I, mean, I like Gary Oldman. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, exactly. Actor. I I just sold on it just for Gary Oldman and prosthetics. I, I can't wait to
3: hear this roundtable, though, just to hear about Defoe working on the Florida Project. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't wait also, to Also, I mean,
0: Sam Rockwell, I'm assuming he's going to be talking about three billboards. Three billboards. That'll be really cool, yeah. too.
3: All right. Let's move on to what we've been
1: watching or listening to. Wait, wait, wait. Ooh. Yeah, so Spotify... If you have it put out this thing, if you go to 2017wrapped.com, it'll give you a bunch of analytics on what you listened to this year and didn't listen to. With and kind
0: of a stupid quiz that you have to do um, going through. Just
1: oh, a yeah, guess. They, yeah. they give you like three little questions like, what do you think you listen to? And I'm like, oh, I don't fucking know um <laughs> i mean i i guessed all mine mine were so easy <laughs> um yeah but yeah so what did you guys uh get first of all how many minutes of music did you get
3: let me let me pull it up real quick anyone uh, got it really? yeah i don't know
1: mine specifically drew, drew, drew
3: i
0: know that you and i have the same uh, top artist
1: yeah yeah uh i listen to i have thirty nine thousand six hundred and one minutes of music my top artist is car seat headrest which is funny because I didn't listen to them for six months out of the year, so that shows how much I listened to it. <laughs> just in the racked of the year. up the early, fr- all the beginning of the year.
0: Early twenty seventeen, we were listening to a shit ton of Car Seat Headrest. Mm-hmm. That was also my top artist. Yeah. even Though again, I've um, listened to them.
1: My number two artist is skewed because it's an artist on my sleep playlist, so they're on every night. But it's Beach House. I don't. I, <laughs> oh, because it just kept playing. Yeah, I couldn't tell you the name of one single Beach House song. <laughs> um, number Damn. three for me is Thundercat. Nice. That's um, cool Drunk is a great album I got album. crazy to wow. drunk And it's great to listen to If you're doing other stuff If you're studying Or reading yeah. or whatever um, Number four This one surprised me But not really When I thought about it Isaiah Rashad yeah, Ooh, I, Nice It is nice. because fall fallback album I, I had two different Isaiah Rashad phases this year One really early And then one really recently um, He's probably the only artist That I did that to um, So that makes sense Because I hadn't really Gotten super into him Until this year um, And then last is Brockhampton Nice. Okay. So, so you said 30,000? Thir- 30, 39,000. 39, nice, thirty nine thousand minutes. Yeah. What Damn. was your top genre? Uh, they called it modern rock. Okay. Yeah, me too. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. I was, don't even know what that what means. What was your top song? Um, Jello by Brock. Was too. that
3: was that a different song on the infographic than the actual playlist that they made for you?
1: Yeah, I don't think the playlist yeah, was in order. That
3: was w- oh, it wasn't in order. Yeah, no, okay. it's totally out of order. Okay, that confused me because yeah. All right, Hunter, what's your...
0: Okay, well, my minutes are really low this year because this year i made a switch. Yeah, I made a switch while driving. I listened to primarily podcasts as opposed to music. Now, I mean, I still listen to a lot of music from my house. But I generally listen to it on a laptop or like playing for my TV or something else like while I'm doing other things. So my minutes this
1: year is down to eight thousand
0: three hundred thirty-eight. Damn, thirty thousand I mean, less than yours. Yeah,
1: yeah I, I listen to music. I listen to podcasts <laughs> while driving. Uh, usually, also, but I also have uh, Spotify on when I sleep a lot. Which isn't even that much when you consider that I only listen to prog
0: rock, which is like <laughs> about about ninety minutes per is, song.
1: Is Coheed in your top five?
3: How is Welcome Home not your number one song?
0: Yeah. I haven't gotten there yet, guys. Oh
3: shit. <laughs> guys, I
1: have to do It, it should a quiz. be number one I have just to do based quiz on how quick. he puts it on at the end of every episode of the podcast.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually there's a few coheed in my top one hundred. Not my top five though. <gasps> They're like number probably like six or seven though. Let's, well, let's you hear honest. that, Claudio. Let's, I'm sorry, Claudio, don't listen to this for the pod next week. Good lord. Um let me go through this stupid-ass quiz real quick so I can tell you uh, my you, other you stuff. you got to
3: download the infographic, bro. Oh, I didn't do that. It let's see, download um, okay. an image at the end. So
0: my top artists are Car Seat Headrest, uh, Kendrick Lamar, mm. Arcade Fire, mm. LCD Sound System, and oh. Fob. Fall Boy. Yeah, Fall Out Boy. Nice. Um, nice. Top songs. There is three Car Seat
1: songs on here. That's awesome. Uh,
0: fill in the blank. Stop smoking. Cosmic Hero. Oh wow. Cosmic Hero, very underrated Car Seat song. Stop by the smoking way, Stop Smoking
1: is a deep cut. So so you ha- is they a deep they, cut. they took that album off of Spotify. What? And I'm I don't understand why because they... and yet it's still in
0: my top top songs yeah, I
1: know. of the year. <laughs> they kept a lot of the other old stuff, and that's their best old album. And they took it off. I
0: can't believe they took Twin Fantasies off there. Yeah, like that's that's a great album. And then uh, DNA is my number three. Mm -hmm. um mostly because i listened to a lot when it was a single before the actual album came out yeah that makes sense dna Um, came out when the album came out dna wasn't a single
3: it was a single when the album came out not before
0: i thought it came out with like shortly after humble did it not no okay maybe not whatever um and then number five is actually a little band called balance and composure (laughs) balance and composure is a great band by the way guys so how many minutes do you have uh, like it's around like eight thousand, 8, eight five or so. Oh, yeah, 8, yeah you
3: 3. said it was low. Yeah. Alright, did you do yours or? Whoa. Grant? no, your grant's a yeah, title boy. I'm a title. Yeah. That's
2: oh. Fucking oh. So, okay. So, so skip one skip fucking chance to we talk about music. Mm. So, <laughs> so if
3: if there's any listeners out there that are like uh, loyal to the master race of Apple Music, we respect you. It's okay.
0: It's okay, but your no, don't worry. Your you're opinions fine. suck,
1: you know? And honestly, how do you even remember what you listen to? Yeah, so <laughs> I'll just do it for I can, you. I can, yeah, I could probably tell yeah, you. Grant, yeah, granted, honor. like five hundred
3: and fifty-five thousand minutes of music. All I do is listen to music, and it was I, all I Migos. Nah, and,
2: nah. Well, and I, yeah, Jay-Z. Rick, yeah. Rick Flair Drip's probably got a solid sixth. At this point, oh,
3: the um, twenty one savage, or n- yeah. I guess it's not twenty one, it's no, uh um, that's just it's Metro, the, yeah, and yeah. Offset, Metro and Offset.
2: I I could say my, this year, some of the songs I probably listen to the most. What the um, fuck is
3: Jay Z even doing? Not like catering to his fan base. <laughs> <laughs> Give did, me did data. Did he abandon his app? I think.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah they haven't actually haven't talked about title in a while or advertised or anything he's like probably that. gonna
3: sell it to, to apple i or think yeah. he will
2: <laughs> probably sell it but it's doing way better now than i heard th- i the heard he cheated out. on
1: title with spotify and then apple music beat him up in an elevator because of it
4: <laughs> Oh, oh. oh.
1: <laughs> bit of culture for you guys Beep.
2: uh yeah no probably my, my top songs probably be uh go gina off of sizza i i've and it hasn't been out very long, but I, I I've listened to that song. Is that your favorite song on that album? I, I'd I'd solidly say oh, so. Yeah. I like the weekend. Yeah, the weekend, the is, weekend great. is great, and love galore. Obviously, those are definitely right yeah. there in my top three.
0: Yes, this is actually my artist that I missed on Spotify where it gives you like the um, that's yeah, a, that's that you a p- playlist. That's a great playlist. I've yeah. been listening to Yeah, that. it's actually really cool. I was listening to it earlier. And I was like, oh, you know what? I like this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I did miss this. Uh, I,
3: I didn't miss J-Boy. I listened to that. But yeah, yeah they, they put it <laughs> on mine <online> too.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's because nobody listened to that album, so they're trying Phoenix, to just fill it with yeah. Phoenix stuff. So, Ernest, what do you have? Okay,
3: so for my infographic, I got modern rock as my top genre, of course, but I got... Forty-eight thousand minutes of music, nice. partially because I did go on a big road trip.
0: This you have forty thousand more yeah. minutes of music than yeah. I do.
3: Yeah, I I drove across the country. All.
0: Yeah, <laughs> with
3: Grant. All,
2: all I do is obsessively listen to new music. Like that's especially why I, I, I like I like titles because every Friday I'm on there looking at what's yeah. new I, I, I gotta consume it
3: but we we drove what 3600 miles yeah. across the country Orlando and, to
2: Vancouver and, and just all, we all, did, music. all we did all we did was listen to, to two music. podcasts I think <laughs> <laughs> and
1: we fell asleep during both of them yeah. but podcasts <laughs> both while everyone in the car <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> podcasts are not a group listen thing They it doesn't it's, work
0: I,
2: it, it, it works you know, pretty well like, you're, right, you're, it's
1: you're, just music is way better in a group it's much
3: better yeah. just to talk to each other than to listen to well yeah, because, well yeah because no because yeah. if we you listen to a podcast it, right. and then you yeah.
1: start talking it's like weird. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like you're talking over You just got to pause the podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like,
2: my my sister said that today like she doesn't really listen to a lot of podcasts because like her and her husband just end up talking yeah. about what they're talking so if, about and that's if, what we did if you're and listening
3: just, to this podcast right now with other people shut stop. the fuck up stop stop <laughs> talking
2: Drew. Do don't actually, you dare
0: fucking pause this do you remember shit <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not important
0: do you remember uh driving to tallahassee drew and us listening to hollywood handbook that worked we've whoa, done that a couple di- we've
2: actually
3: done that a couple it's probably times the together. only podcast you can do that to.
0: yeah because <laughs> we just paused to like do our little sean and hayes impersonations yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay
3: drinks. do you guys want to guess what my top artist is Will we be able to guess it? LCD sound LCD system. Yeah, LCD yeah. sound system. For- Arcade Fire? Nope. It's Kendrick Lamar. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Yeah, that's, and that's my, my And my top song is DNA. Okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah <laughs>
0: DNA's number yeah. three. Yeah. I
3: mean. But then uh, the my other top artists are Gorillaz, Run the Jewels, Arcade Fire, and LCD sound system. Okay. So mm. we have a lot of similarities yeah. in our list. And then my <laughs> top songs are. Okay. So my other top songs are Triple X, Element and Loyalty, <laughs> and then Red Bones at the end there. So nice. I listen to a lot a of lot, Damn. A lot of yeah. Damn, yeah. That's Holy shit. By far my number one album of the year. It's, it's a great album. I love Flower Boy. Flower Boy is a very well-produced album. Very great, great work by Tyler. But Damn is like very solid number one
2: album for hey him. did you hear about the um limited release yeah with reverse track list yeah yeah is that gonna be on vinyl oh well apparently it for like like an hour or something on microsoft or some shit it released as a vinyl mm. it was up and then they took it down i would love um, to
1: get that on vinyl because i love that album yeah artwork. and i
2: believe at this point it's officially like a thing like he's gonna release it, it.
3: yeah i would love to get that but it's it's just tough for me because I'm kind of I'm not trying to splurge too much money and I did want to get the Tame Impala Currents Collector's Edition yeah. because that looks oh, yeah. so dope. It's, yeah, awesome. it's a dope vinyl. Also, quick little uh, tidbit here: I just bought tickets to see Fleet Foxes in March uh, for me and Lee. Uh-huh. It's gonna be dope. Yeah, they're coming to town. Um, I'm gonna hopefully get tickets to see Tyler, but we'll see about that. But Tyler and Vince. Yeah, yeah, Tyler and Vince coming to town. Uh but yeah, like Kendrick's damn is so good. I hope it wins all the Grammys that it's nominated for. It's an amazing album. Oh, I was also going to say that uh Flower Boy, the pre-order the pre-order for the vinyl came out like when did that album come out? Like June or something. It was over the summer. Yeah, something like that. People who ordered that vinyl still haven't gotten it. Damn. What? what the <laughs> fuck is Odd Future? I guess it's not even Odd Future anymore. It's just Tyler. Yeah. What is he doing? God damn it, or, Tyler. I don't
0: even... Who? Who's the producer on that album? On Flower Boy? I'm yeah. Not, I'm not sure. Don't know. But
3: let's uh, let's move on. I've been watching a couple things, trying to get caught up. I, I haven't had too much time because I just started a new job, so I'm working really, really hard. But I did watch the Pamela Adlon show.
1: Mm-hmm. Better Things?
3: Better Things. Yeah, I watched the first two episodes last night, actually, and I, I was feeling a little bit weird watching this post-Louis
1: C.K. allegations, yeah. because
3: he writes a lot of the episodes, and he's an executive producer
1: on it. Uh, so it's and, like, and Dave Becky was her agent, but she was also the first uh, woman to fire Dave Becky after these allegations came out. I mean, yeah. So it's, she's it's, separating him. It's herself. her
3: show. Like, it's her story. It's very autobiographical. It's Pamela Adlon plays essentially herself and there's these girls playing her daughters and it's her life trying to be an actress in la it's mm. it's it's essentially the Louie thing but instead of being in new york it's in la mm. I- also
1: if you fun tidbit uh pam adlon is the voice of bobby hill on Hank on uh, King of the Hill. Oh really? really? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's huh. funny. There's actually a couple
3: bits of her doing like voiceover work in the, in oh, the show. True. Yeah, so that makes I, sense. I
1: watched the first two episodes
3: and I was like, okay, you know, I'm I'm gonna try to separate Louis from this. You know, we've had this conversation. We talked about Louis and mm-hmm. like he's not in the show. He's he just writes for it. And you got to see it as as Pamela's show. It's her life. It's yeah, her it's show.
0: Yeah, it's not fair to her to just kind of not yeah. dismiss it because of Louie.
3: I loved this show. Not only is it very empowering to women, but it's so fucking funny. It's so good. Some good cameos, too. Bradley Woodford's in there, among some other people. Yeah. And it just, it's a nice, Bradley like... Bradley Woodford. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps coming
2: up. Yeah, no, he, he gets That's, good work. Hey, do you <laughs> realize he's in Cabin in the Woods?
3: Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah, one yeah. Of the, one with of the Richard suits. Yeah, with Richard Jenkins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah. But yeah, better things. It's on FX. Check it out. It's on Hulu. That's where I watched it. Really recommend it if you're just looking for an easy half-hour watch. Very well shot, very very well acted. Mm. Crazy good acting all across She's the board. She's a great actress. I yeah. really like her. And it's all about like how a woman has to try to make a living acting while also trying to be a mother and be a good role model role model for her daughters that's like the core of this story Mm -hmm. and it's multi-generational because they do focus on the daughters a lot and on her mom so you get this like older side and then her being middle-aged and then the 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 young girls she has what seems like an eight-year-old and then maybe like a 12 13 year old and then a 16 year old so three daughters um
0: and yeah
3: better things it's a great show
0: yeah i've been I really, really recommend it i've been really meaning to get around to it cuz i've only heard i've heard nothing yeah. but great thing about it i mean I don't, it. I don't know if i'm
3: really going to stick to it um, within the next couple of weeks because i do have a lot of other things to watch but uh at least i i was able to to watch it before this pod another thing i uh got to watch with which i i know Hunter, you saw Drew I think you started Grant did you see any of this Godless
2: No on Netflix. no I saw it today As I was binging the West Wing I was like oh that looks neat West Wing Okay yeah. so
3: <laughs> So Godless is the new show On Netflix from um, Writer director Scott Frank I don't think he Directs Writes and directs every episode But he did this first episode That we saw
0: You've only seen the first episode Just correct? the first okay, It's,
3: okay, it's so long I've
0: only seen yeah. it's, it's an hour and ten minutes yeah. it's, it's a meaty episode But our be boy honest, Scoot McNary's in it. Yeah, I, I that's really what drew enjoyed me to it. it. I really enjoyed it. Also, like it's not trying to be super over the top or anything. It's a good, slow Western, which I mean might not beat everybody's taste, but I yeah. I was
1: a fan. I was he, into it. He said in an interview that he told his agent he he was like, Hey, I'm gonna take a couple of years off and uh, work on a miniseries and she was like, Oh cool, as long as it's not a Western. <laughs> <laughs> he immediately Scoot wrote did a that? Western. <laughs> no, oh, <so> Scott <laughs> Frank. He didn't write it. Yeah, Scoot wrote it. <laughs>
0: Scoot, scoot does a- Scoot plays every part. Scoot Scoot's an,
1: yeah, Scoot's an auteur. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, no, actually, Scoot McNary, was. I really enjoyed his performance. We have a uh, mustache Scoot back, mm, which was finally, good to see. Jesus, yeah. I knew I that I was gonna about- like. I knew I was gonna like the show because the very first episode with Scoot you just see his bare ass it and tape. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that was that was how I knew I had to pause it and for a taint. second oh, I had pause it t- for a little more than a second I'd, I I'd I'd <laughs> mute the TV as I do as we discussed yeah. last time So I <laughs> muted the TV, be in my meat, yeah, listen yours. to my <laughs> own voice <laughs>
2: oh. <laughs> Yeah, just
0: like that Um no, but I mean, there are other like great performances in this dude. Jeff Daniels, Jeff Daniels
3: is, is so good. Yeah, Jeff Daniels, Jeff Daniels is Daniels. awesome. Jeff Daniels, Daniels plays like an outlaw villain yeah. dude Perfect. with one arm, and mm. he's just riding, leading the pack of outlaws, riding his horse with one arm, and you're just like, holy
0: shit, He is badass as fuck. <laughs> also, uh, Michelle Dockery is a uh, really good and uh i mean of course we've only seen one well, episode okay but so i let enjoyed me, her performance let
3: me explain the pre the premise of this show real quick so essentially scott frank set out to write a western and he has as we heard on the watch um friends of the pod he has
1: a researcher work for him. And I think, Drew, you, you, did you talk about this yeah, on
3: the pod before? I don't
1: know if it was on the pod, but yeah, he has a professional researcher whose job it is to like find information that will be relevant for his yeah, screenwriting. And, and
3: when, when he set out to write a Western, she found this really interesting tidbit of these towns in the Old West that were devoid of any male population if if there were there was only a couple men yeah because they
1: would be working in a mine or something and they were very regular especially back then there were no safety regulations and the whole mine shaft would collapse and all of a sudden all the guys are dead yeah mm. so it, it it takes this premise of so like, it, wait i didn't finish the episode so do you see that part
3: by the end no of no, it? no it's just mm-hmm. the idea of a town that doesn't have men in it. Scoot is essentially the only guy in this town. He's just the sheriff <laughs> nice. of this town. So yeah, Hell yeah. No, no, he's not. <laughs> what a yeah, dream. He's... Scoot is Scoot the
0: sheriff? Scoot's the For sheriff. The girls. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's the sheriff in bed. Yeah, so
3: so there's outlaws and drifters coming to this <laughs> town and fucking shit up and it's how these women deal with it, and when it's like, oh, come on, Donna. Oh. Yeah, but see, <laughs> this is one of those shows it's where, symbolic. guys, it's okay to check your phone when they're tending to the horses. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a show that you gotta be in a mood for. Yeah, and you can kinda just put it on and if, if they're just if they're just tending to the horses, like it's okay, you yeah. don't have to it's but if Jeff Daniels is on screen
0: and he's acting <laughs> and if, his ass off. And if you see Scoot McNary's ass, then you're mm-hmm. you're in. Also, I will say this this show is at least from the first episode, it's excellently shot. Oh, it's there's gorgeous. It is beautiful. There's a specific shot right at the end of the episode that's horses running through a stream that is gorgeous. In slow it motion, looks so yeah.
3: good. Like, Well, they shot it in New Mexico. And yeah, and you, you
0: can tell that yeah. everything looks really authentic and real. And mm-hmm. uh, the uh, the first episode opens up on uh, these uh, guys traveling through this town that you can tell outlaws have been through and have just torched the entire town. You see dead, like, torched yeah, and, bodies. And later
3: on in the episode, you kind of get the backstory of how that goes what down. Happened? But it's such a great image to open up. And I there there are moments in this opening episode that are pretty boring of of just horses like I know it's cool that they got horses like real they didn't have to use CGI horses like cool I get it but just the whole intrigue of like Jeff Daniels being a bad guy like out for blood and just to fuck shit up and like just this tense sort of struggle w- with the well-being of this town because these women they don't really have anyone to kind of back them up they kind of have to t- take it in into their own yeah. hands to and defend themselves and it's definitely wild west it's a
1: good premise it's definitely well written despite how you know slow it may be that's you know kind of a product of what it's about and how he wants to scott frank really intended to pay complete respect to the genre yeah um Scott Frank is the writer of Logan and also Minority Report, notably. Well,
3: yeah, he's been working on shit for so long. He's been grinding in Hollywood writing scripts, and yeah. he's gotten to the point where he's been doing this for so long that he feels very confident in the types of stories that he wants yeah, to tell. And,
1: and importantly, studios have the confidence to greenlight yeah. a miniseries that's a straight Western. Because he's behind it, I'm definitely glad that this show is only
0: seven episodes. That's one of the most. <laughs> oh, that, it's, really? It's only it's seven, seven episodes. Oh shit! That's what makes me most likely to finish the show. Is not um, it's not thirteen yeah. hour long oh, episodes. kill me! At that point, Fuck I would just Punisher. be like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, cl- I'm checked out. I'm done yeah, with this. No,
3: I'll, I'm going to take my time with this. I'm in no no, rush yeah, to finish exactly. It.
0: It's it's a slow show, so I'm going to slowly get through it. Yeah, like man. I, I, the first, I can't say it. The pilot, like hooked me in i gotta go back and watch more but it's good that netflix is kind of that they're willing to take a chance on a show like this that isn't necessarily meant to be binged right
3: and it's, and give it like a pretty good budget
0: like right. jeff daniels is in the show yeah Come exactly on. You Scoot
3: know
1: Okay. <laughs> okay <costs> so much money
3: <laughs> you mean
0: long- <laughs> bvs star scoot McNary? as long as we get to see
1: more Scoot butt cheeks. Mm. I'm, I'm in. I heard if if you show Scoot's ass, he charges you like yeah I was about per to cheek.
3: Say. Yeah,
4: like
3: <laughs> just in all seriousness though, Scoot McNary is one of the most talented actors working right now, and he he's not gonna get more work. I don't think that he's just a white
1: dude. Like he's who's yeah. Really he, gonna he's, hire he doesn't yeah. have the best look. He's definitely you know he has more of like a beta uh, build and voice to yeah. him. He
0: also he has, has no he's not gonna be your lead. He has no chin
1: whatsoever. His yeah, that's chin the thing. is
0: part of his neck, and right. that's like a thing. And Hollywood is that you have to have a good
1: yeah, the, next, the next
2: serial killer movie, yeah, he's going to be there. He'd be a great,
1: I don't know, Dahmer. I don't know what Jeffrey no. Dahmer looks Zodiac 2? No. Like. no. <laughs> he'd be no, a great. Dahmer
2: was like good looking, wasn't he? Yeah, sure. he
0: that's how he got all those sorority girls. Yeah, <laughs> that's, oh, that sounds fun, yeah. yeah.
3: I, I just think that Scoop McNary will always have a very dear place in my heart for Gordon Clark. Mm. Absolutely. One of the greatest characters in yeah, TV. Yeah, he,
1: he genuinely, like we joke, but he brought that character to life. It, in it a was why we kept watching him yeah show he i mean, was he was the most endearing it, it, one of the most yeah, endearing characters i've ever seen began yeah.
2: and ended with him you're like ah screw yeah. Yeah. yeah come on
3: all right well before we take a break hunter you want to tell us about this whatever
0: okay. the fuck it's called okay see so guys because I, while you guys are busy spending your money watching these big hollywood blockbusters i consider myself um a bit of a a culture snob. Um, <laughs> God damn. see, well, you guys were watching Justice League for the fifth time. I decided, uh, you know what? I'm going to go see a good foreign film. Mm. And uh <laughs> I using MoviePass was able to this week see a movie called The Square. Oh. Um winner of the Palme d'Or, uh which of course is a pre prestigious. At yeah. Of course. Yeah. The the con Film Festival. Yeah, yeah. Um Cans? I thought it always called a cans, it Cans. It's but
3: maybe French, I'm just bro. Idiot. I That's, thought you were <laughs> cultured. <laughs> That's really weird.
1: Yeah. Cans.
0: <laughs>
1: I'm joking. That doesn't feel like everything I know about, Hollywood. Huh? Soda
0: Cans Awards? Okay, no. Um, it's made by uh, Ruben Ostlund. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just okay. guessing just keep, his names keep here. Keep talking. Um, And it's starring uh, Elizabeth Mosses in this movie.
1: Oh, shit, really? Uh, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, but the main guy is uh, Klaus Bang. Mm -hmm. Is his name?
1: (laughs) I think Hunter watched a (laughs) (laughs) porno. Hunter's culture. He watched a fucking smut film that had subtitles. Shut up, Drew.
0: (laughs) No, but uh, this movie, it takes uh, takes place. It's almost entirely Swedish. There's a bit of Dutch. Of course, there's some English in there. Um, Elizabeth Moss plays an English uh, reporter. And uh, the main character um, is this guy named Christian, who is the curator of this art museum in Stockholm. And it's really a great satire of kind of this whole like premise of art and also like what it means to kind of not like this whole hypocrisy that we have. Um, Like, for example, this uh, he he has an exhibit in his uh, art museum that he put together, which is piles of gravel and a mirror. Which it's all played extremely dry in Mm. like a classic foreign fashion. Like there's no real like outlandish laughs in the movie, but just really uncomfortable dark humor. Mm. And uh, the square, what it's named after, is they're creating this exhibit in uh, which they basically they have a square set up with like lit like a lights that are set up in a square, and they have a sign that says like. While standing inside the square, we all share equal rights and equal obligations and everything. It's woke. Yeah, it's it's hashtag woke. But this character, Christian, is like one of the wealthiest people in Stockholm and he like always passes by all these like homeless people without giving them money and all this stuff. But I will say this is a movie that has about eight different plot lines to it, and they don't always connect very well hmm. um there's some good messages in the movie that kind of feel a little bit unearned it's kind of hard to talk about this movie without getting into anything specific you i um, feel like you can i don't think i'm gonna see it yeah this sounds like one for the movie <laughs> bourgeoisie. well i mean I, like it's a movie i recommend like I, it's gonna be in my top like 25 of the year hmm. um yeah, yeah. Now they have movie pass. I can afford How to have did a top twenty five number twenty five movies this year. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I overall I'd say I really enjoyed this movie. While it didn't necessarily all pay off, um, there is some incredible dark humor in this movie. There's this character who plays like an ape basically and uh it's on the poster here the actual scene that he's on and he plays this like ape creature and you keep seeing this video of him in the museum that's him just like breathing like an ape like (sighs) (sighs) and then he goes to this fancy dinner party and he like rips off his shirt and he starts Uh, jumping on the tables and like (laughs)
1: uh, the cinema uh, yeah i
2: thought i knew where this movie was
0: dude it is fucking bizarre as hell. And then also, there's this other side story where, um... <laughs> okay, so, at the very beginning of the movie, this lead character, Christian, is, uh, he's walking through the, the plaza area right outside of his museum, and he, this, like, whole set of events happens where a woman is, like, crying, like, help me, help me, he's gonna kill me. So she stops, he stops, and with this other, like, stranger, they, like, hide the girl, and the guy comes up, and he's like, I'm gonna kill her, get out of the way. And... (laughs) Basically, this all resolves and he walks away and he realizes that this was all set up and he'd been robbed. And they steal his <laughs> phone and his wallet and his cufflinks. His
2: cufflinks?
0: He, yeah, his cufflinks. His grandfather's <laughs> cufflinks. <No>. <laughs> <Damn> <laughs> and it. he goes back to the museum and he's talking with like his friend and they come up with this plot to uh because they have like a track my phone kind of feature and they know the general uh flat where they're where his phone is. They triangulate it. Right? So yeah, they triangulate it. It's they have a fast and furious style hacking that nice. happens. No. And but um <laughs> <laughs> No, but they they print out like two hundred letters of this like threatening notice that like if they don't if they don't like return his phone and wallet then he will like create chaos for them and like he will make their life hell. Skills. He was like, obviously <laughs> I know who you are or else you wouldn't be getting this letter. But he'd like deliver them to every like every <laughs> apartment. In the that's, lab. that's pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, overall, the humor is great. But what happens is he does this and there's this like really young like uh, I want to say he was German kid like come up to him and he's basically just like you threaten me and my family I can't watch TV now and you have to do all this and he follows this character Christian around and like starts like cursing him out like in front of his children and shit and shows up to his home and starts like Mm. it, it things just escalate to like a wild, wild. I'm place. actually
1: interested in this now. It's, it's really interesting. Don't, don't give
3: too much away because I kind of want to see it now. Yeah. This so guy, this what,
0: Elizabeth Moss is, is really awesome in a, this movie. She's a very too.
3: talented act- actress. Did you know that she is a Scientologist?
1: Mm.
0: Oh, now I'm. Did you more know interested that also she dated Fred
1: Armisen and she yeah. said that she, he is a sociopath? What Armisen? <laughs> yeah, she said that he's genuinely. She said he's he's great in his character work, but his greatest character is a normal person. <laughs> holy
0: shit! is that a direct quote that's yeah, not a direct is i swear that? to god
1: she said that shit well, well I, uh, she's but a she's scientologist a, yeah. so Come should on. we really yeah. well i mean also though a lot of women have said this about fred that he it's not like he's like assaulting them but he will just like he will act like he loves them but have no actual emotional connection it's like, like he's
3: he can't get away from the bit
1: he just has he has a separation as as like a person but anyway yeah, in we'll,
0: general though i will say this movie it it is long. It's about 2 hours and 20 minutes. Um, wow. and you can feel the runtime during it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not I won't say it's boring or anything like that because it just feels the like pacing It is... feels like well, and it's it's hard to evaluate a Swedish film like this because they're not made with classic American structure like it feels like this is a movie that would be best served as a
2: series. Yeah, I was to say, is it mm. like you're watching a bunch of different shows? Because you That's, said the the storylines, eight storylines, don't tie together very well. Is, is it like non delineated? Well,
0: okay, because they do and they don't. Certain themes tie together throughout them, right. but overall, this is like the opposite of like a movie like we're going to talk about with Coco or The Big Sick that tie ties up all the loose ends. Mm-hmm. They're uh, like all the loosens are still just like sitting. There. It's not about the plot, it's, it's not, it's not about the plot, it's
3: about mood and,
0: and it's about, it's definitely about mood tone. The dark humor, though, is great. There were parts I was laughing out loud, like covering my mouth in the theater. And <laughs> I didn't, I was going to feel bad, but there were two dudes who were sitting like across the aisle from me who were fucking like dying mm-hmm. laughing. Did they too, have berets so like, okay. on
1: and they were smoking cigarettes?
0: <laughs> yeah, they were smoking, and right. then I was just like, sweet, I can smell
3: it. And they were like, King like, Magnifique. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so this guy, Ruben ostland the writer director of this film he actually has a lot of acclaim for his previous work he came out with a film in 2014 called force majeure that i've always wanted yeah, to see yeah yeah, force
0: majeure i I've, i think that's a, it's definitely his most notable yeah i've had done. this
3: film on my queue for three years and i've never gotten around to it but even his older work that he did back in sweden has always gotten acclaim. and i've
0: heard that uh force majeure has a very similar style to the square um I mean, like I said, this movie won the Palme d'Or. So, like, it's a very well regarded movie. I would definitely recommend it, especially if you like dark, very almost like cringe humor. Mm. Like, I yeah. think that it's a good movie. So, what
1: what drew you to see this initially?
0: Um, because I got out of work at five o'clock and I was like, hey, what show times are on right now? <laughs> yep.
2: <laughs> no, movie well, it was bourgeoisie. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> yeah, really. No, it was in between seeing The Square or, um, Uh, Last Flag Flying, which I do want to get a chance to see just because it's a Linklater joint, and I love (laughs) Linklater.
3: Do you expect Last Flag Flying to make a dent in your top 10,
1: 15, 20?
0: Uh, maybe top twenty. I don't see. Definitely not top ten.
1: That movie might be great, but that movie just seems like a, a movie that would have come out in the early two thousands. Like one of those like That's... millions of movies that looks like that. Exactly. That's What's the thing. A, is it's a film, so. post nine eleven film. Post
0: nine eleven, it's about Steve Carell's son dying. I mean, I kind. I want to see it. Like. I have movie pass. Might as well go see it. It's not <laughs> going to fucking cost me anything. Yeah. Except for my $10 a month. And your well, time. I only... I have <laughs> I have so much time. I've I'm been, done with classes now, bitch. I got all the time in the world. Oh, yeah. I've been thinking of,
3: about um, <laughs> what kinds of movies are going to actually make a dent in my list. And I'm only expecting The Last Jedi, The Disaster Artist, Phantom Thread. The Post? Maybe The Post.
0: Maybe.
1: And maybe the Shape of Water. Hopefully Shape of Water. Oh,
0: I, I think Shape of Water's... Probably gonna be, it's definitely gonna be in my top That's, 10. That I'm hoping. just looks I'm like hoping. a
1: fun movie to watch. Like, I'm just excited yeah. to see that. Yeah, I, f- that I really hope it's good, I feel like man. even if it's not that good, it's still gonna be so fun to watch. Yeah. Like, I don't
3: know. All right, well, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we get back, we're gonna have our spoiler special and Pixar film rankings. We'll be back. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Too fast, I'm but Let my choose to keep myself tethered to the days I tried to lose. I my mama said, Slow down, you must make your own shoes. Stop dancing to the music, I'm good, dancing.
3: was just at a secret society meeting Shh, it's a secret but um i was chilling and eventually people started putting on masks and taking off their clothes yeah i mean you got fucked and yeah right. then they started putting on robes and then i got handed a mask and a robe and
0: then next thing i know i i I'm, I'm fucking a stranger. Mm-hmm. Did you start, like, looking? You got in, like, this big congregation in a hall, and then, like, all of a sudden, everybody started staring at you, realizing that you didn't belong there. Literally,
2: were... we've all
3: been there. There were yeah. candles everywhere, and then a chandelier came down from the ceiling, and uh, loud orchestral, like, operatic music started playing. And then I look in the mirror, and I'm Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, See, I, mean, I, I had I like the, the same... house when
2: I shoot.
0: Where was
3: Nicole like, Kidman? Talking- N- all Nicole
1: Kidman this? was shoving a giant black dildo up my ass. Yeah, I had a I similar see- thing where I I went to a party. Everyone takes off their clothes. They put on their robes, which is like an extra step, really. Like your clothes are off. Um, I'm getting fucked. Turn around. It's Daryl Hammond. <laughs> he and he's ramming me. What he's doing is Al Gore impersonation. Um. And he's doing this weird grunt that, like, like if you heard it, it would make sense to be like, oh, uh, Al Gore fucks like that. Yeah. Uh, well, see, the thing about this party is they had a
3: lion there named Frazier. Oh, really? But I couldn't say his name. Was this on a cruise
1: ship? Oh, oh, or else oh. I, I had
3: to become him. Were you on the way from Tasmania to the mainland? Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. But then I, I was also Tom Cruise. And I it, it was... Completely inexplicable. All I knew is that the dildo up my ass was very painful. I was not prepared for that at all. Mm -hmm. Was it lubed? I don't know. clearly not. My eyes were wide shut, though.
0: Mm.
3: (laughs) And we're back.
0: (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Let's get uh, right into our spoiler special. So, who here has seen... Well, well, first of all, let's preface this. If you haven't seen any of these movies, there will be timestamps so you can skip around to the movies that you have seen that you want to hear us talk about. And if you haven't seen... Any of these three movies, then go ahead and skip to the end here where we rank our Pixar movies. Yeah, so
3: we have three films here that we have talked about on our two previous podcasts, but now I think most of us have seen them. Uh, At least some of us have seen some of them. (laughs) At least two. But the three films are The Big Sick, Lady Bird, and Coco. Uh-huh.
1: So let's start with Big Sick. We did. I mean, we spoiled a, a decent amount. I re-listened. Not and I was too like, much to spoil. I know, here. but I re-listened and I was like, if you didn't know, I I was like almost like I I knew the whole story just from real life. So I was just like assuming everyone else did, but then I realized no one else knows that story. But the name of the movie is The Big Sick. Yeah. Like, so come you on,
0: kind of you know somebody's gonna get. Yeah. It's amazing. I get um, fat.
1: It's amazing. I get sick.
0: Yeah. Bigly. <laughs> Um, huge Michael Burbigley is going to get sick good movie though
3: yeah I'll, I'll sorry I, <laughs> I, I I love this movie i mean i I think it's one of the best movies of the year. I think I have it at number five I have it, it yeah, I it, have it like, around there It's like four or five on my list, um, so you who was the one that
0: hadn't seen it
3: was I it, had not seen, so it so what yet. do you
1: think, Hunter?
0: I really, really love this movie. I thought that it was really great, like I will say you guys talked about the acting. I did not think the acting was as great as you guys said. I mean, I thought Camille did a really good Any job. Any weak links? Um, uh, well, I thought Bo Burnham was the worst actor in this. Um, definitely. <laughs> Are Bo you Burnham. not a Bo Burnham fan? I mean, like, Bo Burnham's fine, but, like, he's his acting... An, well, his, I mean, he's not an actor. He's not an actor. That's the thing. I thought um, uh, A.D. Uh, AD, AD Bryant. Bryant was... I thought she did a really good job... Ray Romano was the MVP of this movie for me. his scene, dude. I had no idea that Ray Romano had something else into him yeah. and like, wow, he is a great fucking oh, dramatic he, actor. He like, has
1: kind of the sitcom curse of like people can't not see him as Raymond, you know, um, and especially because he has such a signature disposition and voice um but as a dramatic actor he fucking works he kind of dipped his toes in a little bit with men of a certain age yeah. you guys remember that and, and yeah. vinyl on hbo ooh that short lived uh, yeah, 70s rips. records but no he i i was i mean i knew he was good and i was still surprised by how good he was in this movie
0: like wow there's i mean since we're talking about spoilers here the scene where they're in camille's room and he just starts unloading and gives this whole monologue about how he cheated on his wife. Mm-hmm. And it's like in this really like strange place. Like this writing does a like excellently written film just because it goes back and forth between these really dramatic moments and like parts where you don't know if you should be laughing or not. Where he's yeah. just like, I was just like, are you saying that I have to cheat on her to know if she's <laughs> the love of my life? Yeah. <laughs>
1: That was a really good uh, straight man, like wavy man scene. But then also the, you know, the wavy man was also delivering incredible drama. I haven't seen a scene quite like that before where usually it's like there's Seinfeld and there's Kramer and Kramer's just being funny and crazy and Seinfeld's being the normal one. But this was there's the normal one Kumail and then there's like funny and also like heartbreaking well this movie is full of that yeah I mean this is not the only scene where this happens and it's like I I said uh last week they there are a bunch of different dynamics that are created by the situation that they were in that they really use to their advantage with the writing of this movie because it there you know it creates interesting scenes like that well in this
3: scene you have Ray Romano's uh character venting to yeah venting to Kumail who is a little more than a stranger i mean he feels a connection to him because of his daughter and knowing that you know she may or may not have loved him but he feels comfortable venting all this to this guy just because he knows that he there's no judgment Mm -hmm. there's no reason why this guy would judge him because they don't know each other all he
1: knows is that he's letting him
3: crash on his on Mm -hmm. his uh floor and And he's
1: also a very well-written character because from the start he's good-natured and you can see it in the little things he does kind of to accommodate kumail because holly hunter who also has a great performance her character is more of a protective mother so obviously initially she hates kumail because kumail broke up with emily um and just ray you you just see in like his body length there's one scene where just like he can see him kind of they're kind of like separating paths with Kumail, and you can see him just kind of like tilting over right before he's like, uh, "Maybe, maybe we go somewhere. Maybe we go to a comedy club." Like it's, it's the little things of this performance really paid off. I, I was impressed. Yeah, I, no,
0: I, we, I also speaking to uh, that dynamic between Camille and Emily, like. I I It makes so much sense when you consider that Kamel and his wife Emily wrote this movie together because their dialogue is extremely organic. And, like, mm. I mean, great job by Kamel and uh, Zoe Kazan, who plays Emily, because they have extremely good chemistry yeah. on screen.
1: Self-correction, I used the wrong name in the last episode. Who'd you say? I don't even know. I said Eliza <laughs> something, but it's, it's Zoe Kazan. Yeah, Zoe
0: Kazan, yeah. No, I thought that their their dynamic was awesome between mm-hmm. each other I've, like the whole time i was just like rooting for them uh when we were talking about actors who i didn't think did as good of a job i actually while watching it thought that it might have been camale's actual parents who played his parents just because i did
3: not ma- master
0: of none just because i did not find camale's family to be very well acted
3: yeah well drew mentioned that his dad is like a big bo- who mentioned that oh actually no i think this was lee uh, told me that um, his dad is a big Bollywood actor mm. Mm. and uh, um, he's like huge I over do, in um, India here. Yeah. Uh, but I honestly, if I were going to pick a weak link in the cast, it would be Kumail's family. Um, What do you guys think was the involvement of the actual parents of Kumail and Emily consulting their family to write this film? Do you think that they um, involved them
1: at all? I think they definitely had conversations about it. And I'm sure a- there were conversations to the effect of, I don't want you to be offended when you see this. Because we're going to portray you in a certain way, but this isn't you. It's a character based on you. Um, but
0: But at the same time, it all felt like things, like a lot of the lines and conversations that they had it felt like I was watching a real family that was actually going through this, and I was wondering if these are actual conversations that he's had with this family. I know this is a conversation he had with Ray Romano, but there's that one scene where they're in the hospital together, and they're, like, eating. They finally, like, invite him over to, like, eat food with them in the hospital place, and Ray is just, just like, so, uh, nine eleven, What do you <laughs> yeah. think about that? Which I guarantee is something that Camille has been asked before. And yeah. He's just like, yeah, we lost... Nineteen Good Men. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was so such good. A good. I was joke. dying during that part. That, like, was, that's yeah, that was so yeah, good. Like, Just <laughs>
3: 9/11 jokes. I I love 9/11 jokes, but <laughs> they are it's, so, it's beyond
0: too soon. It's now it's now good timing. They are
3: so fucking difficult to do because mm. it's such a sensitive subject. Yeah, and it, that's what makes it so funny is like the fact that you're taking a, a a a really dark thing and finding the humor in it. It's like this really dark dark sort of humor that like speaks to me but they obviously don't work for everyone you know Mm -hmm. that they're so they they shouldn't work for everyone it's a tragedy
1: uh speaking of jokes like that what's the hardest part of microwaving a dead baby my dick Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, but,
0: Jesus oh, Christ. God. <laughs> All right, so we're going to cut that part out. So,
1: leave um, it in. No, leave no, it in. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I want them to hear.
3: Any, I really uh, thought... Any other standout moments from the film? I
0: mean, uh, the whole movie took a turn when uh, they went to that comedy club, when the parents went to the comedy club scene. Oh, and I was about to being, mention that, yeah. Yeah, and Camille's uh, being heckled by this, like, douchey frat bro guy. Who's Go back just, to
3: like, Isis.
0: Yeah, and then that's when Holly Hunter's character really takes a turn Beth and she like is just like oh what did you say what did you mean by that and then she starts like picking a fight yeah, with this female like dude. so
3: toast so
0: toast guys it's a weird thing right <laughs> <laughs> that was a great great scene and then after that scene we have uh, them going back to uh, Emily's house where they're yeah, staying at getting drunk together getting drunk and like really bonding with Beth and having that great great moment where she talks about Beth talks about her own family and how they all hated Terry Ray Romano's character whenever they first met and basically her family got over it because she was in love with him and she wanted to spend the rest of her life with him which I thought was really beautiful and that was one of those moments that totally shaped Camille and how he viewed Emily because you could tell like he genuinely loved Emily but it was he almost felt like he had to choose a side between his family and his love. Well I mean imagine
3: facing the prospect of being completely shunned by your family forever like he knew that this had happened to other family members that there were people in his family that were not being spoken to at all Mm -hmm. right
0: and there's that one line that he says where he's just like back in pakistan they don't call it arranged marriage they just call it marriage yeah which is exactly that's just how it is like different cultures like I, of course, you can kind of fault him for being the guy who fucking keeps pictures of all of his suitors like in a fucking coffee cigar box next to his <laughs> next to his bed. I mean that would that would up. obviously
1: freak out any girlfriend. Yeah,
0: yeah. If I was in that girlfriend position, I would be I would be just as livid um, in that.
1: Yeah, and as far as the Kumail's family scenes go, one reason they may have seemed less true to reality than um, the ones with Emily's family is because that entire. Like, that dinner table set is completely a fabricated thing. Because, like I said last episode, his family was entirely in Pakistan the whole time. Mm. Um, so it's not like they were bringing a new girl over every week for him or whatever. That yeah. didn't happen. Well, I, we needed that, though. Yeah, to, no. I mean, they had to make it happen because a bunch showing a bunch of phone conversations would be horrible. Yeah, they there's there's a quality to the
3: structure of, of the plot of this film that I really appreciate. Because it doesn't really... F- feel like okay we we watch a lot of movies so we can kind of like feel the motions of a plot like the act structure mm. you know when when you watch a lot of movies you can kind of like predict the feel and the flow mm. of like how things are gonna go and with the big sick you know you we we knew the story of this couple because it's a real life story we knew how it was gonna go so it's kind of like a different thing but the way they wrote this film it's like it doesn't really follow this set structure. It, it just kind of flows. Yeah, because it's an organic being, yeah, thing. You're just being carried through this event, kind of like the way it
1: happened. Yeah. You That's know? why I love that they call it the Big Sick, because it's an entire mechanism that revolves around that. A single event. Yeah, it's yeah. not like a hero's. It's not like a certain like hero's journey. It's just a big event that shapes several people's yeah. lives. Star and
0: Wars
3: Episode Nine, the big sick. <laughs> but <laughs> in the in the at the very end of the film, you know you you are genuinely happy
1: to see Emily again, mm-hmm. to see her awake, and to see them yep. oh, rekindle also, the relationship. Also, I love how they handled her return and she was like i appreciate that you went through this entire but i don't i don't yeah, care exactly yeah but i, She's yeah, been but I wasn't here time. for that and that's, so i still feel the same way i thought that was great great writing and probably what happened in real life yeah exactly like i wonder if that did actually um, happen just because yeah. that
0: seems really true like you're just like wow that's awesome that like you went through this transformation But and now i've you, been yeah, unconscious it's, it's this great, great
1: whole that time. you're in love with me now but i was in a coma yeah um yeah. and i yeah i thought that was great and It was a great turn because in – like you were saying, if we were trying to predict what would happen in a normal Hollywood movie, she would just be like, you love me again? Yay! And it would be be over. (laughs) Yeah. He he had to win her over again, which is exactly what would happen. You can't just – she can't just come out of a coma and and be like, oh, cool. And his –
3: I know Kumail has a final scene with his dad, but – he doesn't speak to his
1: mom again. No, does he? he doesn't. No, but no, she yeah. makes him the the food, and that's just kind of a peace offering. But she doesn't even look at him. She's no, sitting she there does, in the yeah, car. She's just oh just stare yeah. straight ahead. It's yeah. not. Yeah, it's not like a picture perfect ending. Yeah, much like. I will say though, no, no, no. Before we, tra- I, I
0: felt the transition coming. I do have some faults with this movie. Um, there are certain things. Do you have which, a rating um, for it? PG thirteen. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Um, well, let me go through my faults and I'll give you a final rating for it. Um, I will say that things do as much as it is realistic, things do kind of wrap up a little bit too neat and tidy like for example, you mean they the, have the whole scene? thing? Yeah, well, of course that last <laughs> scene. but um there's the whole thing about how. Camille just sadly mentioned something about, oh, she, like, twisted her ankle, and then they realized the swelling hasn't gone down. They realized it was just this whole one thing this whole time and everything, and that was just really brushed over, and, like, if you just weren't really paying attention in that one scene, you would have totally missed
1: it. That's a thing that happened in real life, though.
0: Yes, but, like, I feel like they could have made it more of a big thing. They could have, like, cued the dramatic music. Doom doom. When she twists hey, her ankle? wait. Did you did you check out her ankle? The swelling hasn't gone down.
1: Dun, dun. <laughs> Doctor, get me those x-rays. <laughs> says that. That's <laughs> what I needed.
0: Yeah. No, 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 no. But like it, it it just I I didn't completely like for the most part I thought that this was a fantastic movie. I'd give it a 8.5 out of 10.
1: Good. I'm hovering around that area yeah. Yeah. as well. Yeah.
0: 8.5.
3: I'd give it I give it a very strong 8. I think this movie is important for many reasons mainly just the fact that it's very original and that it stars a person of color Mm -hmm. in the lead role
0: but are you a little bit worried that uh, for Kamel's future as far as a filmmaker and a writer goes that he had to rely so heavily on his real life just because this made for a great movie but that doesn't mean that he's necessarily a great original mm. well, filmmaker. Well, d- that
1: depends on what he wants to do moving forward because first and foremost he's always been a stand-up. Right. Um, yeah, that's true. Which stand-up is entirely about talking about your own experience so that's great for that aspect of his career. Um, and then I don't know. It depends. You're. I mean, you're right. It depends on if he wants to write other movies. Um, if he's, you know, just
0: because, I mean, it's original to see on a film from a filmmaker, well, but it's not original for the filmmaker himself. Just, to write.
3: just for this film, I was very surprised by his acting. I did not think mm-hmm. that Kumail could act this well. I, I didn't expect that at all. Like, yeah,
0: I was, I was, I was pleasantly surprised as I, well. I, I really, really like his moments shook me and during the end credits, after they have that scene where uh, Emily goes to a showing in New York and they show the pictures the of wedding. real life Emily yeah, yeah. and Camille, like oh, yeah. that was beautiful. At that point, like I yeah. was I was tearing up um, during yeah. that up.
1: But yeah, going back to what you were saying, his career so far has been first and foremost comedian and actor. So for both of those things this movie bodes very well for him. I don't know if he would even want to write another movie. I, I hope that this film gets
3: some, some writing love, um, The Oscars. Okay, I I don't know. I
0: don't know if it'll get Oscar love, but it seems seems like like a big Golden Globe. globe. That's exactly (laughs) what I was thinking. It It seems like a really big Golden Globe. Like it's going to get best comedy. Like pictures, stuff. I I mean, I don't,
3: I don't expect it to win, but I would be so happy with an Oscar. Yeah, a nomination would be amazing. All right, so that's the big sick. It's on Amazon Prime right now, or it's also on Blu-ray. Also on Blu-ray, which is how I watched it. Let's move on to without a soundbar. Lady Bird, (sighs) Lady Bird, Lady Bird. So if you have Mm. not seen Lady Bird, skip ahead. Uh, this is the new film, the debut film from Greta Gerwig, who has kind of made a name for herself, starring in some smaller indie films. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Frances Ha, um, yeah, she she's interacted with so many filmmakers during her acting career that she felt confident enough to write and direct. A film based on her life. Yeah, growing Yeah. in again, it's, it's
1: another autobiographical movie where mm-hmm. this. Uh, oh, she's not starring in. Where the the writer of it is. You know, it happened to them, and she directed it.
3: Yeah. Well, where Shorsha Ronan is essentially playing Greta Gerwig.
1: Yeah. Like, um. This, like, I had heard this movie had been hyped up so much. For it me. still has a hundred percent on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes as and, we speak, and I still was blown away by it. Like, I still loved it. Um, it's an incredible, I think the thing that impressed me the most was the screenplay because it's so tight. It's extremely Mm. tight. It, it balances this line between it's very, very tight and everything in it matters, but you don't with whiplash, you feel that way. That's another movie I would call tight. You feel like everything is incredibly important with lady bird. You don't think that every scene you're seeing is like consequential, but it all adds up to being something much more important. Like it's, it's incredibly tight and important without you seeing the strings being pulled behind the curtain, kind of.
3: Yeah, and, and there's a, a very key quality to this film that I keep coming back to, is that this film feels like Greta Gerwig looking back on her youth. Mm-hmm. It, it feels like memories. Oh, yeah. You know, when when you have... I mean, we're in spoilers, so I'm, I'm just going to go right into it. Like, when you have the reveal of her boyfriend... Being gay Mm. and you cut Straight to crash into Me (laughs) uh, and then you cut from That to her uh, Cast being removed it's just Like cut 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 Mm -hmm. not only is The editing absolutely Exceptional in this film but you Just have this That's how we remember things Right we uh, our minds connect Memories to each other in this Very like Mm -hmm. uh, Spider web sort of feel that Is not it is linear but it's more just it's zigzag. yeah it's, it's like connecting zigzag. different pieces yeah. it's different like a, it's a series of together. feelings
1: yeah like you kind of clump memories together based on the feelings they gave you and the the thing that stuck out to me the most with this script is the incredible emotional intelligence behind it like it is so fluent in the language of like feeling but it, it, yeah because it's about a, a
3: girl that is learning to understand the people around her in her life she kind of has like a selfishness to her and and she grows to understand
1: why Mm -hmm. people care about her and it's it's a testament to the fact that an, an incredibly specific small story can be so universally relatable to so many different people oh yeah even though like, with superhero movies, the whole point is to give a story that, like, everyone can kind of, like, see themselves in or whatever. But with this, it is such a specific, like... Yeah, growing up is very generic. Yeah, this is just growing up high school, Sacramento, like, 2002... And yet it is so incredibly relatable and accessible well, that's at the, the same thing, time. That's uh, the mark of greatness.
0: There's that moment where uh, Sosha Ronan's character, Lady Bird, is talking to the nun at the end of the movie. And you can tell she basically wrote this whole thing like about how she hates Sacramento. And she's like, I can tell by writing this that you really love Sacramento. So and meta. That's, that's how I felt mm-hmm. watching this movie. Is I was like, I'm watching a character who hates this town that she's in, but the way that it's shot and put together, you can tell how much love is really oh, in yeah. the city. And that's what makes it feel so real. And speaking to... Also, it's almost saying,
3: like Sacramento
0: is a character. I'm going to in this in the story. Swish! Um,
1: <laughs> Only in New York. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Only in Sacramento. Um, no, but speaking to also uh, the spider web-like thing, I... I really, at first I watched it and I thought that it was rushed, but the scene where uh, Lucas Hedges' character comes to see her when she's working at the coffee shop. And And he cries. they go outside. Yeah, and he basically breaks down and says, like, I'm gay and I don't know how to tell my family. And
3: Who is an Irish Catholic, very traditional family.
0: And Lady Bird realizes, like, okay, this isn't just about me. Like, that's one of the best moments for her character in which she Mm. realizes, like, she can't just make this all by herself. This is a man who is co- like realizing that he's homosexual when he's been sheltered his own life going to this Catholic school. Yeah. And that was an awesome, awesome moment. And there's so many of those moments Yeah, I mean, there, there are two
1: moments that marked change for her character with a character crying onto her shoulder, and the other one is her best friend. Yeah. Who, I don't know that actress's name, but she was so... Fucking funny. Yeah, everyone she was
3: great. Everyone in this cast mm-hmm. is incredible. There is not a weak link in this cast. Everyone feels so natural, mm-hmm. so Perfectly
1: also, melted I, into the film. I love
0: the girl who played, um, like the cool girl at school
1: that Lady yeah, bird Tries yeah. to befriend. She was so disaffected. Yeah, she was
0: just like, mm, okay. Yeah. Also, mm. her
1: douchey boyfriend I yeah. thought was so funny, and then also so incredibly like, I no. hate him so much. I love that scene
0: where he's just like, yeah, I'm trying not really to like spend money or contribute to the economy. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, everybody knows like a guy like that, just some like piece yeah. of shit that you're like, oh, fuck yeah. You, and then okay. meanwhile, okay. he has, he has yeah. his dad's BMW. Yeah, yeah you know. like, And he has a cell phone too. You
3: see him using a cell phone. He's just like, oh, you got shout out to him though. His name is Timothy uh, Yeah. and he is uh, much like Lucas Hedges, who we mentioned, is in three billboards timothy chalman is in one of the uh, most acclaimed films of the year call me by your name mm. which we have yet to see right but he is he's making a, a name for himself as an c- up-and-coming actor and shout out to him reading the the people's history of the united states by howard zinn at <laughs> yeah, a coffee shop <laughs> one of the shout one of the them. one of the best moments in film uh in 2017 <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> let's let's just, um let's i, I did want to backtrack for a second though because you did mention about the um, Lucas Hedges character coming out as gay and this film takes place in 2002
0: is a totally different time yeah like, this
3: was not something you could do, mm-hmm. not to anyone,
1: not if you lived in yeah. Sacramento. Especially not if, you were... if you're in a
0: ca- like a Catholic family at a at yeah. a fucking Catholic school. Like yeah. what's Like you can't yeah. do that. The
1: movie is also set on the backdrop of the Iraq War happening, which mm-hmm. I thought was really interesting. They would just always throw in a B-roll shot of the TV on, like everyone was enamored by this. Well, because. This is right after
3: 9-11. Yeah, exactly. And everybody's Lady feeling Bird, very patriotic. Lady and... Bird wants to move to New York City. Mm-hmm. It's
1: it's the only thing she desires in her life. Yeah, everything like, else is yeah, secondary. Yeah, she's she's to always that. saying like maybe less people will apply because terrorists. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think which a... leads us to her the, the relationship to her with her mom. Mm. Yeah. That that was beautiful. Which... That that's what I was gonna talk about. Is this movie bucks so many annoying tropes of coming of age especially films. when the main character
3: is a female
1: yeah the main character is a female she she ends up not finding solace in love in like the right guy because every other female coming of age story is about that yeah it's about she getting ends with up, a guy yeah, she ends up finding solace in three things her best friend her mom and her life like making a big choice for her, her own life her individuality it's very empowering um, another big one that it bucks is I just left my noggin. It it bucks like basically every, oh, the humor of it is incredible. It's so funny without trying hard to be funny, like certain like certain coming of age movies recently will have this cringe comedy that seems very intentional, uh and written. This has the most naturalistic awkwardness to it where it's like they're not just trying to make it cringy, it's just this is things that happen. Yeah, it's really these are conversations organic. That are not unbelievable, and they're also hilarious. And
0: that's the thing is, it comes across as very anecdotal. I was listening to actually an interview with uh, Greta Gerwig on um on uh, Channel Thirty Three. Where he's a, uh, she's interviewing with Sean Fennessy. She talks about I think she was working on the screenplay for about six years, and it wow. was it was four years until she was willing to show it to anybody. Oh well, okay, so and that's why because like you can tell she put so much work into making this as authentic as possible.
3: Well, th- this reminds me, I-, I also listened to a podcast with her on the director's cut. I think I've mentioned this podcast to you guys before. Yeah, I've yeah, to it. yeah. It's it's the Directors Guild of America podcast. And in that podcast, she speaks with Spike Jones about the film, and Spike Jones is one of the filmmakers that helped her in her quest to to create um, this understanding of like how you prep for a film. She spoke to so many directors that she had worked with Mm. while prepping for this film that she decided to create something that a lot of people do when they make a film, which is like a Bible. It's a secondary document Mm -hmm. to the screenplay that includes... Any detail that you want to
1: make yeah. important, including there, uh, Freaks and Geeks is a famous show that had an incredibly huge bible to it, and it's so funny yeah. to read. Costume like, design, yeah, like Paul Feig wrote out like these are the bands that the freaks listen to, and then it's like 500 yeah, bands, world building, yeah. all that stuff. Exactly. So you you can tell that. Of course she spent six
3: years on this. Why Why wouldn't she? I mean, she wanted this to be good, and god damn, it's good. It's great. Both it's, of you guys have this as number one for I, 2017. Yeah, it's
0: my number one film. I honestly, like, I was trying to go through flaws for the big sick, but it's really hard to find a flaw in this movie. It's it's damn near flawless. I, I can't like, think
3: of a single—I I said this before when I mentioned it. The one thing— I don't like about it is that I it's wanted so more. It's so
0: short, yeah. But <laughs> you can't fault that because the pacing is perfect. Yeah. This is the most one of the most well-paced movies I've seen in a really long time. In which like it ended, and I could tell that was ending because like Bird moves to New York, to New York yeah. and you know it, the end is coming. But like, damn it, I wanted more. Mm-hmm. I will say like. I'm not a Dave Matthews fan fan. Like I <laughs> would say God that. Damn. But shit, when, <laughs> Crash uh, into me. that scene where they're listening to Crash, and both times that plays throughout the movie. And uh, by the way, when she's sitting there with her friend Julie, who's uh, Beanie is her, Feldstein. Is
1: I her thought name. her performance was unbelievable. Yeah, I she loved was her great. so much.
0: No, but we have that first time where she's listening to it with julie and they're just like emotional realizing that their boyfriends are gay Mm -hmm. and they don't really know how to handle it just listening to crash and then when we hear it a second time when after Lady Bird has been putting on this whole persona of trying to be cool and trying to fit in and she hears this song and it's like it triggers a memory within her of her bonding with her best friend Mm -hmm. and she's just like i love this song go take me in my best friend's house like it's, That's it's a beautiful moment. It really like, is. It's so good. Like it's so touching throughout this entire movie, and we've mostly been talking about it from Lady Bird's perspective, but. I saw this movie for a second time, and the second yeah, I did, time seeing I, did as it, well. I really bonded with the parents' perspective while watching this oh, movie. Oh, they make like, yeah,
1: the mom they, is so incredibly sympathetic while still being villainous to the main character. That's often. the thing yeah. is
0: that it's very like you can really watch this movie and you can take something from it, whether you watch it from Lady Bird's perspective or from the parents' perspective. Tracy Letts, the father puts on an awesome performance and every, line, very, every line
3: he says is fucking hilarious and he
0: he's that guy like he's the classic kind of dad who's just trying to be like the cool dad for his daughter and he doesn't ever want to be the bad well, guy so he makes he kind of like he kind of turns the mom into the bad guy which is a dynamic that most families have like, we, we get well, the one, idea yeah,
1: that, one family one parent has to be the bad one that of does course the yeah we, we,
3: we get the idea that Miguel her brother is adopted right yeah so <laughs> so Lady Bird is their only biological uh, child. Mm-hmm. So there there is a special connection that both of of the, her parents have to her you know they feel was, the sense of ownership to her
0: That was kind of odd though that it's never actually directly like stated about Miguel but he's clearly like adopted. Like you yeah. don't really know what's going on.
1: I don't know if that I directly that. speaks I, to. I love that. I know. I fucking wig. love that they didn't throw an exposition. Like they just assume that we're smart enough to. Well, know. yeah. Just Actually, like you can figure it out. watching the film a second time, I paid very,
3: very close attention to those letters that the mom writes on the legal pad. Oh, and yeah. I, I cannot wait to get the blue to fucking pause Pause it 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 (laughs) it because i tried so hard to read it as fast as i could before it cut away it's really
0: hard because she can't it's cursive yeah
3: but she does write about how she didn't think that she was going to get pregnant and she got pregnant with lady bird at 40 40 something in her 40s Mm -hmm. wow so you of course they adopted someone if if you're trying to have kids in your 30s and your entire 30s go by of course they adopted miguel um, but yeah, uh, the cast overall is incredible. I mean, Lori Metcalf, Lori Metcalf, yeah. Laurie Metcalf, Met- is, Metcalf. Yeah. I, I hope she gets some, I know Sorsha okay. is going to get awards love. She has to, yeah. but if Laurie she's, Metcalf gets, she, them, she, yeah, she's known so like happy. she's
1: a, she's a long time theatrical actor. She's had some good screen stuff. She's I, actually I, uh, in Toy Story. Really? Fun I first saw this her in Horace and Pete. Which is oh, I huh. still need to see that. Well I, I mean, probably now, will never now will. you definitely are not gonna because it's a Louis C. K. Yeah. project. Oh boy, but, I guess I'm never gonna finish that now. Lori <laughs> Metcalf in Horse and Pete, you don't even know her character, and an episode begins, and it is a single shot nine minute monologue by Lori Metcalf. In Horse and Pete. Yeah, and she wow. and in the monologue she goes through the full range of emotions. She's laughing, she's crying, it's one of the most unbelievable performances I've ever seen. Well,
3: shout out to her big scene in the car when she's driving away from the airport. Mm-hmm. She doesn't speak a single word of dialogue, yeah, and, and yet you her cry. Face, like it's yes, it's crazy. yeah, it's, it's unbelievable a- because any other movie would have that scene. Where you see Ladybird's dad saying bye to her, or and she even, goes away, yeah, into or the even airport.
0: like you hear like a like it's speakover of just like her reading the
1: letters or something that yeah, she well, and to then Lady also Bird. in a, in none a of that. in a movie movie you would have her run back and hug Ladybird, yes, yeah, yeah, she doesn't moment. get to see Ladybird, Ladybird's gone. I love that
3: man, yeah, it it just made it so much more heart wrenching yeah. because the mom, the the reason why the mom is so well-rounded of a character and mm-hmm. not just the an- the one-sided antagonist is she makes so many mistakes. Mm-hmm. She is trying so hard to be a good parent and a mm-hmm. good mom and she keeps fucking up mm-hmm. time after time in this film. Yeah, um,
0: because you can tell she has this whole model of – especially, I mean, she has that one th- saying where, uh, that, like, Ladybird comes home late. She just – and Ladybird gives that whole thing of just, like, don't you wish that your mother wouldn't have yelled at you one time for not making oh, your red? Yeah. And she says, yeah. my mother was an abusive alcoholic. And she's And walks you can out. tell – and <laughs> that exactly. Was, yeah. That's the whole thing. And just from that line, you can tell – like, she doesn't know what the yeah, fuck no, she's she, doing. She's just trying to be strict mother, I mean, like, yeah, trying to be a good parent. It's the
1: classic generational it. gap of, like, I just want to do better than my parents did for me, and then my kids will do better for their kids than I did for them. And you she know? just had to to say it in one line. Mm-hmm. like, And, and it that was, such, was all that it you was needed. So, yeah, it was so short, and then she. Just, you think she might go on a little monologue, she just walks out. Yeah. yeah. And Beautiful. Sh- and shuts the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, She didn't She didn't need us anymore.
0: I just, like, I, I thought that, like, I can't even, like, she wasn't an antagonist at all. Just because I really found her like you can tell, especially after Lady Bird's father loses his job, like she's trying to do all that she can. She's saying you have to do these things so that you look like you're well off. So everybody else doesn't think that we're poor and that we're trash because then your father won't get hired. Mm -hmm.
3: I think that that was a mistake. Her saying that is a mistake because you shouldn't be. I know that that she wants her husband to find a better job but you shouldn't take appearances into account that way especially when you're talking to your child uh, about these things well
0: you shouldn't but like that isn't to say that people don't like if they like if your family if kids that you go to school with could hire your father, but then they see you and they see that you look like a shitty shirt and like, you look like you're like,
3: especially if your child is 17 going on 18 and your name is fucking ladybird (laughs)
0: Like that doesn't look well for your family. Like, especially if you're, you're already like literally living on the wrong (laughs) side of the railroad tracks. She was,
1: she was in survival mode when she said that she wasn't in like, let's, let's consider all the emotions of my daughter mode.
0: And that's the thing is you can tell that like her, her mother and, and her, like, they share a lot of the same personality traits. Both of them are, like, kind of have that selfishness to them. And both of them are very, very strong personalities. Mm-hmm. I And mean, that's the why they clash so the much. The
1: movie starts with them finishing a, a novel on tape and then oh my god no, no, that no, no, is no, 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 such no. a the good movie scene. the
3: first shot of the movie is them laying in bed together mm. yeah unconscious mm-hmm. the one moment of peace that these two characters yeah share and then they is,
1: have the conversation and then they it get turns in, into an argument well they yeah <laughs> they get in the car and they finish the book and they're both they crying, so you're the, like oh the these, <laughs> these people are both on the same page it's gonna be like a mother daughter love story and then they immediately start fighting yeah
0: immediately start fighting and then lady bird and, well, jumps out of the fucking so car we, so <laughs> we got to move on
3: so i think we're gonna talk more about this movie when we do our our top of 2017 list but i give this movie a nine I, it's it's a nine i give me. it a strong
1: nine yeah it's a it's really a strong, strong nine.
0: nine but it's bordering on a 10 for me um, i gotta be honest like this is almost a flawless yeah i like, it's really hard to nitpicks with
1: this movie beautifully shot
3: acted written directed it's an unbelievable on, film like
1: i said earlier with the emotional intelligence of the script i can only compare it to transparent in that any scene can take you on a complete roller coaster of emotions, and you're completely along with it. Yeah. it's funnier than Transparent. Though. And Dave Matthews Band, come on! <laughs> and DMB, come on! DMB. All right. Well,
3: Drew is gonna go hang out with Allison for a sec while we talk about Coco. Bye guys. Because we're, we doesn't. wanna we wanna have a little in depth discussion, but we'll be brief. We'll be brief. Don't worry.
0: Yeah. We'll be a brief 30 minutes. Okay. Um. So anyways, Drew, leave Drew, the fucking room. Drew, the, come on. Leave the room. You don't want to hear it. what happens in Pixar's Coco. Drew, up. guess what? Spoiler. Honestly, it's visually stunning. Honestly? Okay. So if
3: you haven't right, seen now. Pixar's Coco, go see it. It's one of the best films of the year.
0: It's visually stunning, trademark TM. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah it, so I, Hunter
3: what did you think of this movie
0: I okay so I just saw this within the last week I know that you saw it last week um I love this movie I thought it honestly it was visually stunning it was beautiful before this movie started up in my theater um they showed a little clip of the actual like the everybody all the animation people like working behind it and how they just add layers and layers and layers of color and depth to this world that they build yeah they were and like sorry fantastic.
3: sorry for making you sit through that 25 although minute. yeah
0: <laughs> we should profess this uh this discussion by talking about how fucking god awful that frozen short was which i can't even call it a short It was a short film. It was was 25 minutes
3: of buy our Christmas product. Okay. Buy it. Do you guys
0: think that... uh, So they turned in Coco to Disney Studios and they're like, okay, we love it, but there's not enough white people in here. Yeah. Let's add 25 minutes of just white people about white people culturally appropriating and taking other people's culture because they're like, we have no culture. Yeah. We need Is to take other people's culture.
3: Short? That's a long ass shit. Dude, it's, Pixar movies are supposed to have like a less a five than 10 minute. minute. Yeah. It's five to yeah. seven minutes short.
2: Yeah, that's, I mean,
3: yeah, that's it's impressive. Olaf's adventure was 25 fucking minutes that, that I will never terrible. get back. It was all Olaf? It was all ugh, god was like, like it so It was like it was like 80 75% Olaf. I
0: don't know if it was if this really? was all true because I was I was Sing in the theater with Gaia whenever we saw it, and there are parts where Elsa is talking, and it doesn't even sound like Adina Menzel. Like, they clearly get her in for like no. the singing parts, but I'm pretty sure they hired somebody else to do like some of the it, dialogue. It, it doesn't just even matter.
1: It was the most you like you could tell
0: Adina Menzel was just like, I don't have time for this. It was this the shit.
3: most corporate promotional shit I've ever seen.
0: Although, I will say, after um, I was having this discussion with somebody uh, recently, and they were talking about how they Disney might have been thinking while making this short this is something that they could kind of use as one of their kickstarts for their streaming service like come to they're gonna, <laughs> like as if they had this idea of we're going to start releasing 30 minute shorts and download Instead disney of doing streaming them- yeah download disney streaming service and you can see Olaf's Di- like yeah. Christmas i Adventure would i would much like rather that.
3: have that than them show it in the theater
0: well okay <laughs> and i don't know if you also noticed this while watching it that it's not shot on traditional wide screen like a theater like it's almost in like n- a oh, four by three right yeah it's in like a four by like 16 Sixteen nine. much like
3: justice league kill me
0: um no but it's almost like they did it intending to release it as one of the like netflix disney christmas special yeah. things and then they were like oh well let's just fucking throw it before well, coco
3: let's just get right into coco though because i've been wanting to talk about this movie MF, <laughs> so been. bad it's i think it's better than the big sick i i think my my list right now is blade runner lady bird get out coco big sick that's my top five right now it might change depending on the last year we'll see um but i fucking love coco so much i did mention that i am a little biased because i am hispanic and because i am musically inclined but i'm not mexican i'm colombian so I, I don't really connect with these like deep Mexican uh, tradition, heritage, heritage yeah. things. But I did like seeing a lot of brown people in this movie speaking Spanish. In this film, they just switched to Spanish. Without subtitles or, or explanation or anything, which is what I do with my family I, all
0: the time. Yeah, no, no, no. That was the thing is it reminded <laughs> me, I will say it reminded me of being around your family where like you talk to them in English, they talk back in Spanish and you kind of like, it's that it's Spanglish. Like that's exactly what it is. Just yeah. kind of mixing everything. And I love that there was no subtitles. You just kind of, you're able, but at the same point, it's not confusing or anything. Like you're always able to figure out what's going on with context clues and everything else like that. Like it's something that you can kind of catch on to. I thought that only a handful of moments were possibly a little bit over-explained, like to kind of explain the culture to all the white people and everything, but I mean... I'm one of those people, so I was fine with it. Like I was cool with like learning about the uh, the spirit animals, abueltas. I,
3: I'm not, like I said, I'm not Mexican, so I'm not very familiar <laughs> with this. Tell me about, you guys are all the same, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what I learned from Coco. <laughs> I'm not very familiar with these spirit uh. animals, but I did think they were very visually stunning. Uh, the the visuals in this movie are incredible. Like, the whole world of the dead just looks great. It
0: looks so good. And even before you get to the world of the dead, just the world of Mexico that they paint is really beautiful. I found the pastels and everything that they use really awesome. I also thought, like, it was just really like awesome seeing things like just l- really little moments like where the grandmother comes out and sees a musician talking to her son she takes off her sandal and like tries to like beat the musician oh my with God, it yeah like that just reminded that's me most... just all my hispanic like friends yeah. and family like that's some shit like their family would La do. Chancla. <laughs> 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 yeah like i just i really love this movie there were uh a couple of moments, too specifically, that I was really, like, I was crying during. I couldn't even hold back the tears anymore. Um, I Overall, I really love this movie. I, If I was going to come up with criticisms, it's the predictability of the plot, which... I mean, it, 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 it is assembled. It's assembled
3: from components that we can recognize from other heroes' journeys. I
0: did... I mean there were moments uh, I I think it was it might have been on the latest uh, slash film podcast where they talk about this where it was almost like Coco was aware of a lot of the moments where you thought that you were ahead of the plot oh
3: Jeff Kanata mentioned this yes
0: yeah. where um like we see in the very beginning of the movie he's like in love with this guy Ernesto de la Cruz and then you see him unfold the picture and you see the guy holding it and you're like of course like, well, he's, see, he, Ernesto th- de la Cruz that, is that great great that wasn't
3: even a thing for me because from th- the the movie opens with like a prologue that is gorgeously designed oh and these, beautiful like, yes these like frill Mexican like cutout things that you kind of put on a you know like these clothesline sort like of a things mobile? yeah uh-huh. yeah y- yeah it's it's like a it, like almost the, like a paper, paper snowflake m- right okay. that you kind of cut out in these design but it's like animated and it's it and it moves and it's all animated and it kind of introduces you into the world of this of this family that has banned music from its lineage right from that prologue i understood a hundred percent what the film was trying to say about Miguel's connection to Ernesto de la Cruz. Like I knew it that was not a reveal for me. At
0: no, all. no, no. It wasn't a reveal for me. no what I'm saying is I thought that he was going to spend the entire movie learning that oh, Ernesto de la Cruz. Yeah. That's what that's what I was okay. thinking that the movie was going. It's like, okay, like we get it. He's gonna but, go there and learn that it is. But the twist the climax, that comes. the
3: climax of this film is insane because I I okay, so I look at the climax of this film as being the end of the party so it it, kind of begins with the party when miguel gets to ernesto de la cruz's tower and he starts singing yeah and that's where it kind of begins and then it goes into the part where he actually gets to talk to ernesto and he connects with him and you have that little montage of him like bonding with ernesto and you're like this is a Darth Vader situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is going to go
0: dark. And that's the this thing. This is a
3: Pixar movie. Well,
0: and that's the thing is, this I- is a,
3: this is a, um, what's his, I totally forgot his name. Um, Lee Oldbrick uh, is... Yeah,
0: um, yeah, yeah. You're talking about Toy Story 3. Uh,
3: John Lasseter. This isn't a John Lasseter movie, but it's it, it has his stamp on it.
0: Oh, absolutely. Um, which we can talk more about that later. Yeah. But I will say, I thought that where the movie was going, I had this whole idea leading up to it that it's kind of that whole thing of... The worst thing you can ever do with people who you idolize is meet them, like that kind of thing. I had this Never meet that your idols. Was, yeah, he yeah. was going to meet him and then realize he was a shitty person. And I thought he would like meet him, realize that was his father, and want to give up music. I thought that that was kind of the direction the movie was going to go. But the twist that comes that Ernesto de la Cruz is not his father and that Or it's n- well, great, 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 great. Not his great, great grandfather. Yeah. Um, it's actually Hector, who's this guy who's been traveling with, bumbling this whole time, around the whole which movie. Yeah. I will say this movie definitely gave me some major Kubo and the Two Strings vibe. I don't know if you guys had that oh, while watching yeah, it. Yeah. That whole thing of traveling around with this Yo, companion. Holy shit! And yeah. I as soon as I got out I of didn't the theater, even that. as soon as I got out of the theater, I immediately was thinking that like travel this traveling companion you're with the whole time, and then you realize that's There's your dad deeper, or that's your great 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 grandfather. Yeah, Matthew or McConaughey
3: is your dad. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> Matthew grandfather. (laughs) Matthew McConaughey is Mexican.
3: But yeah, I... I, Okay, so the climax of this movie really reaches its peak when you get this twist of Ernesto being a murderer and having murdered uh, Hector for his songs. Ernesto did not write any of these songs and he stole them from Hector. And it's this whole idea of like... Everything you thought you knew in this movie being a lie. Yeah. And everything Miguel was fighting for being a lie. Miguel thought that Ernesto was the most godlike, prominent role model in his life. And he's a fucking murderer. Yeah, he's... And at this point in the movie, he thinks he's related to a murderer. Yeah. Yeah. But then the climax keeps escalating. It keeps going. And And you realize that... Miguel is actually related to Hector, and Hector is the man in the picture that was introduced at the beginning. And that of the was film.
0: when, and whenever Hector says, uh, "My daughter Coco," oh and then we get that scene. God, the
3: flashback.
0: The fl- That this was even more Oof. than the climax. I was sobbing during the scene of him singing "Remember Me" to Baby is, Coco, to Baby Coco, and the Baby Coco singing back at yeah, him. Yeah, because you're watching the I whole just, movie and you're this thinking. This is actually like it hurts just thinking about this you're scene. Thinking, like, it's why beautiful. Is, why is like, this
3: movie called Coco? You're thinking the whole time, why
0: is it called Coco? And then you get to this flashback, and you're like,
3: "Remember." Me.
0: I will say, I. <laughs> I that's actually one of my criticisms I think of the movie is that I did not I don't love the name Coco. I understand why they didn't kids. name it Dia de los Muertos because how oh, the fuck are a bunch of white kids going to say well, Dia de los Muertos? I, I, we forgot but. to
3: mention this on last week's podcast but the reason why they didn't move forward with that title is because Disney tried to trademark that title. And how the yeah, fuck gonna are you going to
0: trademark gonna... <laughs> a Mexican holiday? Like what the fuck is wrong with you? It's like wow.
3: it's like canada trying to trademark fourth of the july, 4th of july. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. much like uh binge mode friends of the pod said but yeah i mean this whole climax just had me in tears i i really had to like get my shit together because by the end of this movie i was i was a mess
0: yeah i overall like i fucking love this movie i can't wait to rewatch this movie i will say like I don't know if I can say I love this more than the Big Sick, just because I thought the Big Sick was a tighter film. I think that this does come. This into borrows the a lot. It borrows a lot. Yeah. It's not the most original movie. As great as it is to see a pretty original film, like with a diverse cast and everything else, of course, pretty much everybody who worked on the film like is Mexican or comes from some kind of a Hispanic, Hispanic culture and heritage. But I there's a lot of stuff that's really kind of borrowed and it's i don't want to say it's a rehash because that kind of undercuts a lot of what it is well, it, it but... takes it borrows these things and and gives them new life yes it, it doesn't feel cheap
3: and that's why i keep flipping it with the big sick as four and five because i think coco what it does is it is able to assemble itself from all of these familiar pieces and become This whole new original story that is going to stand on its own in the Pixar canon. I think The Big Sick is a great story, but... We knew kind of what was gonna happen because we know the story of this well, couple. But that's
0: only if you actually know them. That's assuming that everybody knows Camille Nanjiani's story, which I yeah, don't but, think is necessarily true. But
3: watching Coco, we, like I said before, we watch a lot of movies. We can predict the structure of these things. We had an idea in our heads of how this story was gonna go, and it still surprised us. Yeah,
0: it, I mean, it's a Pixar film, so yeah. Like, I went into of... this
3: movie thinking it was gonna be a straight up kids movie because i i saw the good dinosaur in theaters oh
0: god. i've been burned. oh god you've been you've been burned real hard yeah no but okay i the like i was saying before like there are just certain things in this movie that are kind of convenient like oh like the grandmother just happens to have the great grandmother uh, hector's dead wife happens to have this flying panther creature that they're trapped in this well and then the only thing that they need is just this flying beast to get them out of there that's the only thing that, that was, can help them yeah, and then and he's just like convenient. oh sweet oh it shows up just in time yeah. like there are certain convenient things i mean this is a pixar movie so every pixar movie is going to have aspects like that um as far as the token because of course every disney movie has one the uh side cute animal dante character. the dog dante the dog i thought he was great i loved that character like i thought he was
1: i thought he was great he, I really he liked did him. make me laugh a lot he made
0: yeah. me laugh and he his transformation into a spirit animal i actually yeah. like i was happy for as yeah. much as you're like kind of can go along and kind of predict it i was still happy for it yeah. like also
3: let's not forget frida callow yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, Frida Kahlo with her spider monkeys. Holy shit! I did not <laughs> hi- expect that at all. Wow. That was amazing. That was awesome. Frida Kahlo just chilling in the afterlife, just, just still hanging making out. art. Yeah, yeah, nice. just
0: just chilling.
3: Yeah. All right. Well, we got to move on. Um, let's uh, let's get Drew back in here. Grant, can you can you go grab him, please? Yeah.
0: Oh, one more thing. I just we haven't talked as much about the cast, but Anthony Gonzalez as Miguel. Awesome like i oh, loved yeah. him like in the fact too. he sang, too yeah. like that's that's so impressive for a young actor to do like i shouts out to him i really hope that he gets more work and not just in also Guile like garcia
3: bernal as hector beautiful yeah, yeah, beautiful garcia. beautiful performance
0: uh, i see edward james olness is in this cast yeah. i don't know who he plays well i hope that as drew's drew's fuck drew what drew's gone oh I guess this is the end of the podcast, so <laughs> bye forever. Well, we're still going to do our Pixar
2: ranking. Uh, okay, wh- just the two of us. I, yeah, I got to go to
0: bed. So. You're, you're, you're off. You're, I can't
3: hear you anything. You can't hear me here, at so. all? You
2: can't, how about now? Yeah. Okay. Can you hear me now? Okay, yeah. Uh, best Pixar movie, A Bug's Life, Best, best Pixar Short, Knickknack. Uh, oh, I didn't, Incredibles I didn't comes it. out t- uh, next year. Good night. What's your worst Pixar movie? Worst Pixar movie? That you've actually seen. That I've actually seen. What? There he is. Oh
3: god, that mic is is. We need to buy Guess a new what? mic. Guess what? You're
0: just gonna be clipped out of this whole episode, so nothing. Safe. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Um.
1: Okay, Drew's back. Hey, Drew.
2: <laughs> yeah. Fucking
1: Finding Nemo. Good night.
0: What? Get the fuck out of here.
1: <laughs> okay. Well,
3: that wraps up our spoiler special. Now let's get into our Pixar rankings. We before it. we wrap we're, this, we're up. we're just
0: like sobbing and holding each other. If it <laughs> looks like our eyes are red. It's because remember we were just me. we were just singing "Remember Me" together, Weren't touching you go wieners
1: without a mic. Remember me. Um, how are we gonna go through the rankings? Um, just list them. Go. Just you start. Last place. Yeah. I last have, to first. I have up. Wait, wait. Whoa. Wait, is that 10? Whoa, whoa, whoa. There wait, we well, how many?
0: 12, okay. Okay, yeah, I did well, like a let me.
3: Let me. Before we really dive in, let me just say, I said this to you guys earlier off mic, I left out Monsters University, all the Cars movies, The Good Dinosaur, and Brave.
0: Did you make a top 10 or did you just make movies that
1: you well seen. have you seen those yeah well i put in every movie i've seen yeah that's the no. thing
0: i did the same thing i put in I, every movie that i had seen i have
1: 12 movies on my list okay yeah me i just put in everyone that i've seen so i'll go through my bottom half i'll go through my bottom six okay 12 up i genuinely think the beginning montage is incredible and it gets so much credit for that and then the rest of it is the most forgettable boring. it's boring i I think it suffers from not having a true protagonist that we can kind of attach ourselves to. Instead, we have this really old man who we can kind of relate to and this really young boy who we can kind of relate to. It just kind of seems like a tweener movie. I, don't, I didn't connect with it. I didn't feel anything except for in the beginning of the movie. And then the end when you know he gets his wish or whatever. Uh, Eleven, I have Cars, one. I don't think it's... You so-
3: have Cars Over Up?
1: Yeah. I wow. don't. I don't think Cars 1 is a bad movie. I just don't think it's on the level of Pixar. I think that it also suffers from getting a bad rap because of the sequels. Wow. Um, wow. I, I think the first one is not offensive in any way. And then the sequels, everyone's like, man, fuck Cars. And then the first one kind of got attached to that movement. Yes. But is Larry actually a cable guy? Uh, no, he's a, he's a tow truck. Okay, well,
0: I have takes, but finish your list okay,
1: at, uh, at number ten, I have Toy Story two. I really I don't know. it just seemed kind of forgettable to me. I haven't seen it since I was a little kid, but when I saw it as a little kid, I was like, all right, well, there's another you know toy movie. I don't know. All right, keep going. I know you're... Like, I'm glaring at you harder than when you said you don't like Star Wars. Well, that's because Hunter's a, t- a Toy Story fuckboy. Yeah, yeah. He's, I've, he's I've sacrificed... Fu- I fucked all the toys. Yeah, all his all his boots say Andy at the bottom of them. <laughs> um, number nine, I Have a Bug's Life. Another one I haven't seen since I was like probably six, honestly, but I remember it being good. Um, I just don't remember it. I, rem- you I also- remember
0: it being better than Toy Story 2, though. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I
1: remember... I mean, I remember it affecting me more than Toy Story 2. I... One thing I do remember about it is that the animation does not, uh, did not look great. Even when I saw it when I was young, I was like, oh, some of that's but... a bit iffy. Because, I mean, the textures of outside and where it takes place are a lot more rich than, like, where Toy Story 1, which even came before, but, like, had kind of a less difficult thing to animate in 3D. I feel yeah. Like. Um, okay, number eight, I have Monsters, Inc., Okay. I think this might be another one that was kind of glommed in, where people didn't like the sequel so much. So they were like, "I don't know about the first one anymore." I I like this movie. Um, I love Monsters. Yeah, I think it's. A, love. I Monsters think it's Sand. a really solid movie. It's fun, um, good voice acting performances, a good story, a fun message. John Goodman, it's, Billy oh, Crystal. It's yeah. just. It's one of the Pixar movies that just has a fun premise to Steve it. Steve You know, it, it's it's. I love. It's a, a, yeah. It's it, a great movie. It's a very inventive. Thing to watch like you know just think of, oh what if it was monsters jobs to scare you and they clocked in and clocked out like it's just you know you hear the premise and you already see the whole movie flashing before your eyes yeah. kind of um then number seven this was hard i have i have toy story three because i love toy story three but this is getting up into the movies that i love mm-hmm. um okay so what do you guys do you think? want to keep going just do, do just the rest get, of it okay i okay. do the rest of it yeah number six this is another one that suffers from sequel fatigue syndrome. Finding Nemo, I, Ooh, I think that's really low for Finding I know. Nemo. See, I've Damn. heard. I'm glad you guys that's like it because I've heard a lot of shit talking of the Finding Nemo franchise, and I think the first one is a very, very memorable story being told. It might not be cool because it's like a you know family oriented thing. But it's just a solid like great story it has an incredible journey to it like you remember all the steps of the story the sharks the EAC the turtles the fish tank you remember all those little steps that they take Um, I you know in retrospect I might put that higher maybe probably above my number five which is Ratatouille which is another nice yeah I I love Ratatouille Ratatouille is amazing it's another it's another premise one where it's just a hilarious premise
3: one thing that always (laughs) makes me laugh about Ratatouille is we were talking about this off mic. Is like the whole idea of this rat just pulling the guy's hair. Yeah, exactly.
1: He's <laughs> pulling his hair and making him cook. Like who thought? Of yeah. Also, the the animation is great.
0: It's so good looking. It's like, beautiful. Yeah. I
1: just watched Ratatouille actually really recently. And that it, still looks it's a beautiful amazing. movie. Good voice acting from Patton Oswald. Um It. I don't. Know. It's a weird subject to get kids like passionately into the culinary arts but like it worked after that I was like it makes I- it makes
3: all the food look I- so good.
1: Literally I watched that movie and that week I went and tried to eat strawberry and a piece of cheese at the same time <laughs> <laughs> and see if I would like see like a vision like the rats. Oui, oui. Yeah. Number 4 I have Wally um which is I I love Wally I think I need to see it again. It's not super fresh in the memory. I just remember I saw it in eighth grade and I was just amazed. It's a lot of social commentary. I, yeah. I was just I was stunned by it. I was stunned by the amount of silence in the movie. The I, whole first. The half. whole first. It's yeah, such yeah. An, yeah, It's so such an act. ambitious premise for a children's movie studio to take. Um, and I think they executed it great. I love I. This is my favorite looking a uh, Pixar movie. The way it looks is is visionary. It's it's beautiful. Um I might put that lower though. I think <laughs> see I, I was it's tellin- tough. It's I, well, tough I was, it was really hard to rank Pixar. I was just films. telling you guys before this. I've
0: that, like, actually been adjusting my list yeah, that, like, as as you've been talking really? like, you. <laughs> Wow.
3: I thought we were
0: locking
1: Cheated it down. down. It's
0: I didn't lock it in. You didn't say to lock see, it in. Yeah
1: I was saying this that like n- no matter what order I put these movies in, I was not satisfied. Because someone's getting screwed over. Wally, Mm -hmm. I might it could could go down to number six. Put Finding Nemo Ratatouille above it because those movies I think I enjoy watching more. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wally, I was just like stunned by as a as a kid. Uh, Number three, I have The Incredibles, which I just I I mean I just love it. It's a fun, you know. I liked it as I was nine when I saw it, so I liked it as a family movie. You know, I was we still had that tight knit family dynamic, and we saw we you know we saw our own family in it. Yeah. It was just, it's just a fun movie. It's another good premise movie where you're like, what if superheroes were disgraced? And then, like, you know, these people have kids who are super. Like, not mode. Yeah. Very, yeah. It has some great lines. It's, it's a fun, I don't know. It's just so fun. I've seen it so many times. Like, and it's great every time. I, yeah, I haven't really gotten sick of it. And that was another thing I was going to say about Finding Nemo is for whatever reason. Even into high school, that was the movie that was always put on in school. Did
0: you guys? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, I've seen Finding Nemo in school probably I, more than any. That's other another film. thing I
1: think it may suffer from. I because that I love that movie, but I got very sick of it. Like, <laughs>
0: see, I don't know if I can ever get sick of Finding Nemo because it's one of those things you can like miss a day or something and come back in. and You're like, oh, I remember this part, and then just jump right into the movie.
1: Yeah, it, I mean, it's definitely. It's, it's a great movie. Just like by high school, I was like, can we watch something else? P. Sherman 42, yeah. Wallaby, we write Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, number two, I have Toy Story 1. Uh, I, I mean, everything's been said about Toy Story 1. It, it's the Iron Man 1 of the <laughs> Pixar CU, you know, where it set the tone. It set the tone. Well, just it set the tone it's, of, it's, well, just, the the tone of like great comedic, playful writing that can appeal to adults too. Not because it has raunchy jokes, but just because it's funny. It's it's set the Tim Allen yeah, it's set the Tim, <laughs> um, it's just it's a fun movie. It's another incredibly inventive, uh, concept that you know kids, it, I when you're five and you see this, it's magic before your eyes. Like there's nothing can compare because you're you play with toys and you imagine they're alive, and then you're seeing it.
3: Yeah one one thing that uh, binge mode brought up about this film is the whole idea of, um, kids not being built for the world that they live in. And when you're a child, everything around you is big mm. and everything is built for adults. Wow. And nothing And nothing fits your size. Yeah, so they
1: relate to the toys being like the mega version of yeah, that. Yeah, right? everything's that's exactly. That's fascinating. Awesome. That's, a, yeah. that's a great I t- really
3: yeah. I really recommend you guys listen to that yeah. episode of Binge Mode. It's so good. We uh, recommend but, so many other podcasts on but, this podcast. <laughs> 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 but Drew, please watch Coco before you listen to that podcast oh, because they yeah. go into it Immediately, okay. What is your number one? Yeah, I
1: don't know if you guys have been. I, 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 it, I have
0: been. I know exactly. Is what it Coco? Is. <laughs> <laughs> it's
3: Coco?
1: I saw it. I just wanted to leave for a while. It's Inside Out. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's great. I can't believe this movie. It, one of the most original movies
3: of the decade. It's an yeah, incredible
1: definitely. movie. It's it dives so deep into psychology for a little kids movie. <laughs> it it's the only Pixar movie that genuinely did make me cry, um, I, and I saw it as an adult and it just it has the most beautiful symbolism but it's also a good movie on its own um i i just i was blown away when i saw this i thought i was like you know i was it came out 2015 i was like 19 20 when i saw it and i was like maybe the magic's just gone for pixar and me and maybe i'm and then I saw and this. And then bimbo. I, I saw it and I I just. Bing it bong, tore bing, me bing up. Bong, bing bong. Bing bong. Just the entire. The premise. It literally made me look at my life in a different way. Yeah. Because of the symbolism they have where if sadness touches the memory balls, they become blue. Oh, And geez. all of us. Because that's true. You rethink about yeah, memory. Yeah. A and movie might not it. be inherently awful all the way, but if you associate it with badness, you repress it because that's what your brain does. It wants to protect you from the bad things. And it just kind of. Like when I saw this, a flood of memories that were kind of somewhere in between bad and good just came back to me. And I was like, there's so many things that I just don't even let myself think about that I want to. Like it it was, I it's a beautiful movie. It's a great, every kid should see it. Every adult should see it. Well, the the lesson that it teaches is such an important lesson to teach kids is mm-hmm. that
3: it's not all about happiness. And yeah. life is not all about just being happy yeah. all the time. And it's, yeah.
1: and it's just normal to have Uh, you know a whole bunch of different emotions trying to control you
3: but isn't it insane that the only positive emotion in riley's brain is joy Mm. all the other emotions are
1: negative Mm -hmm. you have fear disgust yeah sadness and then they just they eventually like as you see in the adults brains they learn to work together Um, and like it's even like the control rooms of them, like in the adults, they're way more developed. They have all these buttons on them because they've learned how to control themselves. Yeah. Um, it's, I just, I love that movie. It is, it's accused of being on the nose, which it is, but I don't care. I love that movie.
0: It's a great
3: movie. Yeah. All right, Hunter. All right. So, uh,
0: I ranked my top 15 because I've only seen 15 Pixar films. I left out the Good Dinosaur um and both of the car sequels Is Brave on there? And Brave. I've okay. never seen Brave. Um and If you could change your fate, would you? I've never <laughs> seen Brave. I see Brave. Okay, quick thing about Brave. I feel like Brave is like the most like non-Pixar. Like, no, well and also like it's very like some people love it and say it's amazing and other people are like eh, it's very mediocre. Like some people think that it's amazing and very empowering and then other people are like eh. It won, it won like best animated feature that year. I don't know, it doesn't matter. I haven't I don't seen it. I think it did. Um anywho, we're gonna start with number fifteen, which I think is genuinely not a good movie, and that is the first Cars movie. <laughs> um I think that uh Cars is extremely problematic in the uh <laughs> Okay, keep
1: going. <laughs> <And what> it, <laughs> no, keep going.
0: We, I think... We could have a what, whole podcast about and, the and intricacies. The whole dilemma of...
1: Cars is racist, how the cars,
0: how the cars universe actually works. I just... I'm fascinated and also disgusted by we could, it. We could do
3: a Cars commentary track. Let's do...
0: I think if we're going to do a commentary, we should do a Cars commentary. Um, yeah, anyways, I, I'm i not a fan of Cars. I remember seeing it. It came out in 2006. Uh, so I was 11 years old at the time seeing it. And I remember watching it, and there's a certain point in the film where I thought to myself in the theater, "Wow, is this movie almost over?" And I was 11, and that movie was testing my <laughs> Life is a highway. Yeah, oh. well, I think it was Come exactly at that moment of listening to Rascal Flats doing their rendition of "Life Is a Highway," where I was like,
1: a song I, "What that am was, I doing?" A song that right was now? like five years old at the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so yeah, that's my least favorite. Number 14, I really feel like I need to rewatch this movie because I have a hot take for you guys. I have Incredibles at number 14. Mm. I know that it's very high Bloody. on both of your lists. I, I'm, I haven't seen this movie since I was a young kid. I don't remember exactly. It came out 2004, so I was pretty young whenever I saw 13 it.
3: 13 years ago. Holy
0: shit. I, I saw this movie and I disliked it as a kid. I did not like it as a kid. I saw it once and I was like, this baby is stupid. I don't like this stupid fire demon baby. I, I just, I would never liked Incredibles as a kid. And I feel like if I were to rewatch it now, like in the superhero culture that we live in as kind of like a statement of this family that's kind of like over the superhero culture, I feel like I would appreciate it more. Um that being said, I might not be able to like draw from as much as you guys because I come from a broken family. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know this. I don't. I don't just have like dinners or my entire my mother and my father sit around and they pass the mashed potatoes to me. I don't. I don't know what that life is like, guys. I don't know what it's like. So, right. incredible sucks. Do you know where the cars? To? I'll
3: tell you what it's like.
1: It's incredible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is, that, is that also why you yes, don't... I, gotta go. I Hunter, gotta go. Hunter doesn't like cars because his family isn't cars.
0: <laughs> I like my I'll car. My family never had a car growing up. <laughs> we you. only had trucks. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> All right.
0: So, number I wasn't 13. I was gonna say it. <laughs> <laughs> number 13, I have Finding Dory. You actually um, saw, you saw this it. film? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen Finding Dory. It's fine it's extremely fine and it's fine and that's all that i have to say about it um it's it's probably the most unnecessary film that pixar has ever made what about more, cars two and three well those don't even count as films oh, okay. those are those are, <laughs> those are children's those flicks. Are products <laughs> yeah those yeah. are products yeah <laughs> um it's i'd say finding dory is more unnecessary than my number 12 which is monsters you i didn't even see that it, either. monsters university gets a lot of shit but to be honest i i i thought it was good i thought it was good like i i won't say it's a great film it's in my lower in my bottom half of pixar movies but i thought that it actually has some really good messages for kids about sometimes what you want to be growing up and what you've built up your whole life being like that's just not what you're good at, mm-hmm. and you kind of have to let that go. Like, that's uh, true. Like Mike, maybe, Mike, maybe Mike Billy goes Crystal should take that. Yeah, well, voice <laughs> <of Mike. laughs> no, no, no. Well, Mike growing up, that's what the whole movie is about. Is Mike mm-hmm. growing up? He he always wanted to be the scare leader, and he wanted to be like yeah. one of the best scarers and in he the just world. Couldn't. And he goes there, and they have this scene where they're in like these like scare fraternities or some stupid shit like that. Yeah, but yeah. they're like in this final competition and Mike wins the contest for them. He's like their last guy and he wins the whole big thing and then he goes back over there and he realizes that Sully like set it up. Sully cheated so mm-hmm. that Mike would win mm-hmm. to make him feel good and Mike basically comes to this realization that he's not scary yeah like he's not i guess spoilers from it MCU. is <laughs> it's been out for I like mean, fucking like five years so. all of these movies are Whatever. fucking
1: rife with beautiful messages for children it Because really that's is. i mean that's on purpose
0: um and okay so that's monsters you at number 12 number 11 i have wally mm. um wally i i again i think wally is a beautiful movie i think the first half is incredible but the second half is not as great for me. Again, it's a movie that I feel like if I rewatch now as an adult, um,
1: I would appreciate it more. Yeah, see, I think it's so high on my list simply because in eighth grade when I saw it, I had not seen... A a movie that was more about the art of it and so i saw it and i was just i was more blown away than i did like it because i i've only seen it twice and other movies i've intentionally watched like 20 times
0: yeah it's yeah see it's one of those movies that i feel like it's not like a kid's movie that you put on like over and over again to watch but i appreciate wally a lot what it does and how it's like primarily a silent film for half of the movie yeah. i think is awesome it's just it's incredibly impressive yeah oh it's extremely impressive um then, number 10, this is a movie that would probably be higher on my list, but I really need to rewatch it, and that is A Bug's Life. Mm. Growing up, I loved A Bug's Life. I thought A Bug's Life was like the shit. It was amazing. I loved it. I just honestly don't remember that much about it. Yeah, same.
3: That's the thing I remember this movie Being incredible And I'm very
1: uh, (laughs) You're hesitant To rewatch it right Because you don't want To diminish it it.
3: Because I just remember It being so fucking good No I'll tell you one
1: thing I saw it I don't know if it was on TV But I saw it in passing More recently I didn't watch it But the animation It's so good
0: Like it's It's so good That's the
1: opposite Of what I was going to say No
0: it's good It's good
1: (laughs) Shut up it's good Shut up dude
0: Okay well it was made in 1998 Yeah I know But keep that in mind
1: Like Toy Story Holds up a lot better you know it's like w- i said earlier you this- know what doesn't
3: hold up about it mm. you know who the top build actor in this film is <laughs> hmm. kevin spacey oh <laughs> so <laughs> it looks like hopper I'm- the grasshopper All right, so
0: bug's life is now my last place film um also john lasseter it's a john lasseter film so the um so now let's move on to my number nine which is toy story three let me tell you guys it hurt to put toy story three this low I love Toy Story 3, but now we're reaching that point. These are all films that I, I adore and that I love and that I've loved growing up and I still love now as an adult. Oh, yeah. Hunter's but, a Toy
1: Story fuck boy.
0: Oh, just, just you guys wait. No, yeah. So, Toy Story 3, I have on here. I bet. I, Toy Story 3, I will say, um, in the th- I watched this movie in the theaters, and it has one of my highest tier counts for a movie <laughs> while seeing it. Like... I was sobbing at the end end of the movie when Andy takes all the toys. I was sobbing uncontrollably. Like I literally (laughs) I couldn't even like I was like holding my hands over my eyes and sobbing and like looking at the screen through my uh, through my fingers because I was just sobbing uncontrollably like Toy Story is Mm -hmm. one of my favorite movies of all time. So just seeing what should have been the perfect ending for these characters like, that's... I just... It, it couldn't have been better mm. than that. Do you
1: remember when we saw Minus that? Minus Toy Story 4. Yeah, well... Did we yeah. see
0: that movie together? No. Did we all see well, that? Well, Ma-
1: Drew and I saw it. That was, like, my fourth time oh, seeing true. that yeah, movie. Yeah, so, yeah, we went and saw it with uh, these these two girls, and then they left, and we just stayed no. at the theater, and we were like, let's just see this weird Inception movie. Yeah. And it we, like, we we like, really annoying for, like, a year after that because we wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> are Inception. we dreaming? I yeah. remember
0: you guys showed up uh, to David's house, and you're like, guys, we're dreaming right now. Nothing is real. <laughs> yeah, And we exactly. were like, we just stayed up till 8 in the morning eating Chinese food. What the fuck are you guys yeah. talking about? You were like, yeah. We- Anyways, Inception's my number eight. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, number eight I have on here, Coco. Okay. Mm. Number eight. Um of course, we talked about it in depth moments ago. Just rewind back. Don't you dare fucking do After again. you watch it, because we uh, did spoilers. Yeah. Um, it's about then, chocolate. Yeah. Coco. Number seven, which is a film... Whenever I first started piling this ranking, I had it really high, and the more that I think about it, it's kind of been the one that's dropping on my list, and that is Up. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I love Up. I think Up is amazing. Um... I I really I really do enjoy the second half of the movie. I do think that it takes a slight dip in quality though. Um especially in the final act. I uh, I think it's a very kind of forgettable film. It it is. Like it's beautiful, yeah. but it It, it does have a
3: it has a good message about like coming to terms with like empathy and like finding your inner happiness because Carl like has gone many years decades just being a bitter old man and russell is like trying so hard to find someone that approves of him and and, like trying to find this love and it's Mm. these two characters that shouldn't work as a
0: duo they finally do but they do and that's that's i really really love that aspect of it um number six and I'm going to explain why it's so low on my list. I have Inside Out. Mm. Um, Inside Out. That's still pretty high. It's, it's high on my list. I still adore this movie. But I will say I think that this is a movie and one of the reasons why I love it so much. But one of the things that also works against it is I feel like this is the Pixar movie of all of them that's made more for adults than it is for kids. I watching if I were to watch this movie as a kid I don't think I would like it as much as I do watching it as an adult I mean that's a fair because point it's very complex things like you said there's a lot of really psychological concepts and
1: ideals yeah. here I wasn't going I definitely wasn't going by best I was going by what I like the most yeah and it's the one I like the most but I saw it as an adult I, I, think, I, I agree with you that's a good point yeah. I think Inside Out
3: definitely has probably one of the most profound messages out of any of these films mm. it's it's it, of You know, you, you just said that all these films try to teach kids a very valuable lesson, mm. but Inside Out probably teaches the most like deep, you, you know, like most uh, important human message that you can possibly teach to literally any
0: child. It does. Yeah. I mean, because it's literally about how your mind works and how you think.
3: Yeah.
1: But and- I could also see a kid. Being like, what are they I don't talking get it about? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: I mean it's just like, oh look, bright, colorful people. Yeah, especially like a around. little kid
1: that nothing really bad has ever happened to them. And they're like, What what why is this kid running away?
0: The the whole thing, yeah, like that ending where she runs away and then returns home to her parents and just starts crying because mm. she's tired of putting on Yeah, this she's image. like, I don't like, want to be
1: the happy face. You know what?
0: Maybe Inside Out does need to go higher on my list. <laughs> See, that's the thing. I fuck ranking Pixar movies. This is so hard. Yeah. Okay. Number five, um one of my favorites is Ratatouille. Mm. I love Ratatouille. I actually just rewatched Ratatouille in the last like month or two. It used to be a movie that I would put on to go to sleep to all the time back in like high school, early college, and stuff like that. Just because I love this movie. The animation for it looks fantastic. It's That's really the one thing I, story. I keep
3: thinking of is just how good it's, that animation yeah. like, is. <laughs> the
0: fur on the rats, like, it just, it yeah. all looks so good. And it and makes beautiful. you want to eat and some fucking food. It does. <laughs> it makes me hungry every yeah. time that I watch it. Like, you never thought that mice handling food would look so appealing, but mm. yet it does. Um, this moves on to my number four, which is Monsters Inc. Mm. Um, I have it a bit higher than you, just because I don't really get the same kind of uh, sequel fatigue as far as like it affecting the originals. I have well, a lot of respect I'm, for the originals. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm saying uh, not mean necessarily, but online just yeah. like opinions oh, yeah, yeah, I read definitely. online, like it just seems like the perception of the franchise it becomes one thing it becomes know?
0: more of a product yeah.
1: yeah i know what you're saying
0: um yeah number four monsters inc like we said it's just you hear the idea and it's it's perfect yeah you're like, like okay I, I, yeah, yeah like you can visualize it that's right away that's the movie number three i have toy story 2 um I love Toy Story 2. It's almost on par with the first Toy Story it's for me. It's such a journey. <laughs> it it really is. It's it takes everything from the first Toy Story movie and pushes it to another level. This whole adventure of just them traveling to the house next door instead they're traveling across the country and yeah. they're like trying to save themselves from being shipped to Japan. And it introduces these great characters with Jesse. and like we have uh, all these John interesting- Lasseter Yeah. <laughs> John, let's not talk about that. I didn't um, even
1: know about this until today. That John Lasseter is problematic now, and he bases all his villains on himself. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. But no, okay, uh, Toy Story two though, I
0: think I think that's an awesome film. And also, so I will say, growing up, one of my favorite things about the first Toy Story movie was like. Learning, like just wanting to be Buzz Lightyear fighting Zerg and the opening scene oh my God, of Toy Story 2 scene. of the video game that they play where Buzz Lightyear oh, is fighting so Zerg. Good. That's, I used to, whenever, like growing up as a kid, Whenever I was watching VHSs and stuff, this is how I ruined so many VHSs, I would reach a part in the movie that I would like, and I would immediately rewind it back and rewatch it over again. I'd rewind it back. I'd do that over and over and over again. Mm. And I did that so many times Mm. with Toy Story 2, like over and over again, just to watch that beginning scene, because I just wanted to be Buzz Lightyear. So
3: is it canon that Zurg is Buzz's father? Is is that canon? Yeah, it is. Okay.
0: I mean, they're owned by Disney. It's Vader now. This yeah. was a actually a sign that Disney was gonna buy Star Wars. They knew. They knew. Um, number two, I have Finding Nemo. Damn. I think I think Finding Nemo is amazing. Like I said, like I don't get tired of watching. I can put we could put on Finding Nemo right now, and I'd be into it and like watch yeah. it. Like I think yeah. finding Nemo... Also, I tried B- to. Billy Crystal's this...
3: performances. Uh, oh wait, is it Billy Crystal? No, it's no, not. no, 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 it's not, not at all. Billy. Who plays not Martin? Not Crystal. Who plays Martin?
1: <laughs> Marlon. Marlon <laughs> Martin. <laughs> uh,
0: Martin Sheen plays Martin. Uh, um,
1: it's no. Albert Brooks. That's oh, yeah, Albert yeah, yeah. Brooks. Okay. Also, so similar curly-haired comedian from the '80s. <laughs> while making,
0: <laughs> while making this list, I. I kind of went back and forth in my own head of thinking, okay, what is the best Pixar movie, and what is my favorite Pixar movie? And this list that I made is kind of a compilation of both of those two it's things. It's Toy Story it's things, One, folks. It's things that no, no, no. I'm still going talking about Finding Nemo oh, okay, specifically. Okay. Um, no, Toy Story One didn't make my list. Um, <laughs> Finding Nemo. <laughs> Finding Nemo, I think, is it's
1: inarguably one of the top two or three best. Pixar movie. That's definitely true. And I think that that is the only one that I genuinely may have seen too many times because... Objectively I think of it and I should move it up on my list. Like yeah. I think you're right.
0: Like it's it's kind of like a flawless movie when you think about the pacing and yeah. like the each of the characters yeah. that come in. Yeah, the act structures are perfect it's in crazy. that movie. Which moves
3: me to my number one, which is I mean the animation of the water as well. Yes. Beautiful. No, no, yeah. no. That's
0: yeah, that's another thing is that the animation and All finding the sea Nemo creatures. is absolutely beautiful. Which speaking of animation, that moves me to my number one, which is Cars two spoiler <laughs> surprise guys I did put Cars on here. Pixar's
3: Planes.
0: Planes. That's not a Pixar movie. Planes. Life is a highway. Is number one is Justice League. <laughs> all right, number one is Toy Story. Of course, whenever we did our top films, the dark of all time.
3: masterpiece.
0: <laughs> John Lasseter's dark masterpiece. No, yeah. like okay, I I can't think of a single flaw in Toy Story. Like I think. Toy Story is really... It genuinely is a perfect movie. Joss Whedon, another problematic guy, worked on it. Um, next thing I you mean, know... It, we're going to hear about Tom Hanks being it, in some
1: kind of a sexual I swear to assault God. allegation. I mean, Tim Allen already sucks. <laughs> it's he assaulted someone He just <laughs> sh- annoying and shitty.
0: No, but... Like Toy Story, it's perfect. Like, it's amazing. Like, everything about it, the music in it is incredible. The story is timeless. I mean,
3: just take yourself all the way back to 1995. This is a movie that shouldn't have worked. Take me back to the
1: womb? Take me back to when I was born. (laughs) Yeah. I remember hearing it in the womb. (laughs) I pop out and I hear, I got to find my son Nemo. (laughs) This this is a movie that shouldn't have worked. Like, a movie made
3: on a computer?
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true. Like, this is
3: A, a feature film. Made by a machine. This Hell is, no. This is
0: a movie that was so far ahead of its time, and you can look back on it, it looks amazing. Like, it doesn't look old it at all. It still looks good. And it looks incredible. And that,
3: that that climax when they're racing behind the moving van.
0: Oh, my God. When they're like, trying to
3: hang on to that latch. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's Iconic.
0: The most, it's one of the most unforgettable movie moments of all time. Um, like, it genuinely is. And yeah. when... You, it's just, it, it's another one of those movies that has a great message about jealousy and about overcoming that to kind of find common ground and with other people. Again,
3: I, I keep going back to this binge mode episode, but they talk about this.
0: Did they rank Pixar movies or something on this I episode? Don't, I don't
3: know <laughs> if they ranked it, but they, they kind of like broke it down in, in the, the recurring themes in all the Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. But one of the themes they talk about is the fear of being forgotten. Yes. And Woody. Yeah is being forgotten by Andy because buzz is the new cool toy on the block. And uh-huh. it, it's the sphere that not only kids feel, but any human has this fear of, of being outlived yeah. by, is- by your, your peers and your descendants and the yeah, world.
0: Yeah, And that's such an existential idea, which This isn't really a spoiler for Coco, but it's something that's shared in Coco, that theme. Mm -hmm. And that's just one of those ideas that we can all kind of attach ourselves to with this whole idea of we don't just want to live some generic life and then just die one day and nobody know who we were. Like, nobody really wants that. We all know it's eventually going to happen, but that's what part of life is, is kind of grappling with this concept and learning to come to peace with it, which Toy Story is... Amazing. Like I It's a I, timeless film. It's absolutely like one of the greatest
1: movies of all time, yeah. in my opinion. And that's just that's the one when when you're five years old, it is you're watching fucking magic happening. Especially because there had not been a 3D movie like that. You had not seen that style before. Also, it's crazy how incredibly ahead of, of their time the technology they had was for the animation when when you go back and you watch early like Jimmy Neutron yeah that looks yeah. like fucking shit
0: <laughs> it does like jimmy neutron has not yeah. aged yeah. And well these,
3: these toys you can still find the emotions that they're conveying mm-hmm. and it, it's um it's so to, good to
0: its point like the shadows on their faces i just had this little image popped up and yeah. you can just see the shadows on their faces and it just looks so good it looks so yeah. realistic i had
1: never seen anything like it and shout out it, to steve jobs it still holds up before you go with your list uh have you guys read the ryan reynolds news what happened? It's a yeah quick bit of late news on the pod. He's gonna star in a Pokemon movie called Detective Pikachu. Oh, I heard about I heard, he's,
3: about, he's I heard about this
1: film. Yeah,
0: I I no, I knew that this is was he a playing thing. Pikachu. I don't know. He's pl- I mean, if he's so, starring in it, you I knew know Pikachu's you, gonna talk. You know in this who movie. they
3: who they should have cast as Pikachu? Who? Danny DeVito.
0: Pikachu. Hey, Pikachu.
3: <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> We we gotta wrap Where it was up. That going? How about what, what about, were you doing how, with about that? how about Peter Dinklage in a suit? Sure, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> mocap motion capture. Yeah, Dinklage. this is gonna be live action. Well, we gotta we gotta wrap it up because we're going hell late. So I'm just gonna go through my list real quick here. I've already given thoughts, so you guys can just kind of ask me some questions as we go. Okay. Uh, how many did you rank? Twelve. I left out all the Cars movies, Brave, and The Good Dinosaur. Okay. Twelve. Wally. Mm-hmm. 11 ratatouille mm-hmm. 10 bugs life 9 up 8 monsters inc 7 inside out 6 coco 5 finding nemo 4 3 and 2 or the toy story trilogy <laughs> damn that's one, really high one being uh you know in order like Toy Story 1 is number two. Toy Story 2 is number three. Toy Story 3 is number four. And then number one, The Incredibles. Mm. You really like The Incredibles. I fucking love The Incredibles, I already knew this about you. I (laughs) I knew that was going to be your number one. I watched that movie all the time when I was little. I never got tired of it. Every time I watched it, I got more out of it. And even as an adult like getting more into film i just appreciated these the the characterization of all these characters and just do you know how insensitive that is but is is (laughs) is frozone problematic see that's why i'm terrified to watch this movie again
0: (laughs) now you're gonna watch and be
3: like because is 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 frozone a racist character
0: all right somebody email us uh we bought a mic at gmail.com and tell us is frozone a racist character
3: honey where is my super suit (laughs) that was samuel jackson by the way so Mm -hmm. great performance in that little bit role you
1: doing that impression is racist (laughs) (laughs) the character's fine
3: (laughs) guys i love the incredible we
1: bought a racist It's, it's it's
3: such a good movie it just it's able to you know like we said before it's able to capture that family dynamic and you know give new life to pixar like at this point in, in Pixar, like we hadn't really seen human characters realized in such a way. We'd seen toys. We'd seen bugs. We'd seen sea creatures, mm-hmm. monsters. Uh, no, mon- I guess Monsters was later. Monsters, but Inc. was... This a... was the first time that we saw... No, Monsters, Inc. was before yeah. Incredibles. Monsters, Inc. was 2001. This was the first time we saw human life people. Mm-hmm. And it's great. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And you relate to them and they don't look like trash. And it you relate to these characters so well. I-, I
1: I really I also when I was a kid even I appreciated what it had to say about superhero movies like the, it just yeah. it, no capes yeah just kind of yeah taking a part of the tropes because I had seen them and. As a little kid, I really didn't like them because I'd seen all the cheesy ones. Yeah, from well, the nineties. That's a reason why I want to rewatch The Incredibles
0: now as an adult, especially in the superhero culture that we live in. That I feel like I'll have a whole new appreciation for like the almost the satire that it is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of incredible that that movie came out when it did. I feel like oh four. It's now. I mean, four years before Iron Man. Incredibles too, like. That could make even more of a statement on. I hope so. This entire superhero yeah. culture that we live in. But, I, I'm um, very. We I'm, just have to hope it's not so a Finding Dory situation.
1: Did you guys see the trailer? It's a teaser. I, it doesn't. It, it, yeah, it was a teaser. But it's I, basically
3: setting up the fact that it's going to pick up right where yeah, Incredibles two left off. The thing is,
1: off. I thought that that teaser genuinely fucking sucked. <laughs> like I, I saw it and I was like I was so excited and now I'm less excited. <laughs> yeah, I like, don't, I I, It don't was know. just a corny teaser. I'm sure the movie will be fine, but it was a corny teaser.
3: Well, I mean most uh Pixar uh sequels have sucked. That's uh, the thing. Aside With from the Toy exception Story, of Toy Story. Yeah, yeah. like
0: ev- I think that every other sequel has been a I just, major I just I really
3: I really feel like the Toy Story trilogy is one of the greatest trilogies in in The history of cinema. It's it's a flawless trilogy. You know, I really
0: I the more that I think about I think that up is too high on my list being at number seven, I really kind of want to dump that bump that down below Coco and Toy Story Mm Three. I I love Coco. Like I I re I can't wait to rewatch Coco. So good. Now knowing where the movie goes, I can't wait to rewatch. After
1: talking, I would definitely move Finding Nemo up and I would move Wally down to number six, probably. I still love it, but Mm-hmm. I like Finding Nemo and Ratatouille more. It, it's tough to rank these movies. It, re- both. it genuinely yeah. is. These are all <laughs> movies that are on a scale that is like very close yeah. to each other for the most part. It's like a scale of like seven to nine. Well,
3: these are, these are all eights aside from The Incredibles and Toy Story. Yeah. The Incredibles and Toy Story are both nines and then all the rest of them are eights in my book. For you? Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm like letterboxed. yeah yeah Yeah. so listeners you can scroll down and look at all our lists on our letterbox and see how we ranked them Mm. see how we
1: change our minds yeah (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you have to
0: listen through all this listening to other people's opinions i did this
1: yeah i did this on a day where i had a lot of homework to do and i found myself putting so much time into it because i was so frustrated it's It's hard
0: it's really if (laughs) you guys at home want to make a top list of pixar movies it's it's hard I invite yeah. you to go about it. Well,
1: we're
3: hitting um, over two and a half hours here, oh, so oh, we shit. gotta we gotta Yikes. wrap it up. We're y'all. fucking
1: Pete Holmesing it, yeah. Over here. So you can so follow. What the... kind of a uh, religious? Uh, <laughs> so you believe in God? So no. God? <laughs> yeah. So like, when is Pixar are gonna make a God movie? <laughs> <laughs> the guest is like yawning, and he's like, "So you believe in God? <laughs> Do you? What's the deal with God?" deborah (laughs) (laughs) okay well
3: you can follow the pod on instagram at we bought a mic like us on facebook email us at we we're gonna have some uh we're two big episodes coming up for you we're gonna have the disaster artist and the last jedi within the next two weeks with some guests hopefully uh and then after that we're probably gonna take a break until the new year so I think Star Wars will probably be our last well, episode. We'll for the probably year. pre-record an episode. Yeah, or we'll two we'll to record. We'll, I I think Just we'll probably we'll record one during the last few days of 2017, but y'all probably won't be able to listen to it until 2018. But then once January comes around, you know, we'll have our big listomania extravaganza with our favorite shows, movies, and albums of the year. Um,
0: but yeah, where can we uh, follow you guys on the internet? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Hunt mobley h-u-n-t-m-o-b-l-e-y i have been using twitter more frequently despite the lack of new followers um <laughs> i had a really spicy tweet uh, about the new uh, twin peaks the return so i saw
3: some emojis in there yeah
0: i i was trying to tweet like Kyle mclaughlin if you guys don't know Kyle mclaughlin is a great uh follow he sometimes he tweets in all emojis for example somebody asked him describe twin peaks uh with like just described Twin Peaks for somebody who's never watched it. And he tweeted out like 40 emojis and it perfectly described Twin Peaks. The whole story. Yeah, basically. That and also he did the same thing for Dune, which I thought was really cool. (laughs) Um, No, but uh, yeah, mine is only six emojis long.
1: Um, You did a really good job, Hunter. (laughs) You (laughs) You deserve so many followers from that one tweet that you made. Yeah, I think that I did good. Um, Check the analytics on that one. I think
0: Ryan Johnson's following me now. Oh, yeah? Um, Yeah, so yeah, Give me a follow. If you guys know where to find Twin Peaks, the
1: return on Blu-ray,
0: please, please send me a copy because
1: it's sold out everywhere. Mwah. Uh, okay. I am I actually bought every copy in the tri-state oh, area and then I set them on fire. We don't even live in the tri-state area.
3: Hey, Alabama. There Alaska, are two states near us. That's Arizona, three states. That's a tri-state area.
1: Every state has a tri-state area except for Alaska and Hawaii. I live in Hawaii. This isn't, I'm on the phone right the now. The quad yeah. state area. Yeah. Okay. Um follow me at Drew Dietson on Twitter. Um are you going to link our Letterboxd? Is that what you yeah, said? Yeah, they're, actually, they're linked to every single episode. Oh, awesome. Okay, well, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna going to get sh- on there more then.
0: Check us out on Letterboxd. I might start actually writing reviews on Letterboxd. Like, I've been doing I've been doing star ratings, but I'm going to start actually writing in-depth reviews L- for movies. Listen to, to this.
3: This is something I dedicated a whole afternoon to. I went ahead and logged every movie I've seen that I can remember on Letterboxd mm. that I've Christ. gone to the theater. So if you go on my Letterboxd, you could look at the exact days that I've seen movies in the theater all the way Damn. dating all the way back to like 2007 fuck wow. that's intense 10 years of going to the movies <laughs> What's i wrong with I, you? I i have an old collection of movie ticket stubs so i just okay. look back through that and then looking back through my fandango app and all that all right well so where
1: you haven't so yet. yeah
3: uh caldernist on twitter and instagram and you know i have a little list for myself um, that I'm gonna try to watch the remainder of this month, not necessarily within the next two pods, but just for myself. I want to watch The Force Awakens and Looper to prepare for. We should uh, we should um, watch
0: Looper in preparation. Yeah, like, for we the should, Last we Jedi. Do a group and then
3: I also want to watch Twin Peaks: The Return before we record our top shows of the year. We like also pod. should
0: do a PTA pod where we kind of yep. go through. We can watch a bunch of. There I will know, be blood. I know. Magnolia. I have a couple. Um, PTA
1: movies Boogie nights. Blue, that we could all watch. And, and then yeah, I need to see like all Please of them. I want to watch
0: Pan's thing.
3: Labyrinth um, or another Guillermo del Toro film to prep for Shape yeah. of Water. And to prep for the post, I was thinking either Munich or Schindler's List. I, to, haven't, I haven't seen Schindler's List. Yeah, to, to, Ooh, to keep
1: the really vibe fun. of like, because the post is like a true story. I said right? that would be fun. Um, Schindler's
0: List is not a fun movie.
1: Uh, you guys can keep wrapping up if you want, but I'm about to shit my pants. All right. Okay. Well, on that note, so I'm gonna pull my pants down and shit right here. <laughs> oh.
0: Okay. On that note, um, here's sounds of people shitting. Galbi beef and guys, malbi beef. Like, it's- and it's never, like, directly. Uh, We're going to close like on our self-talking like that. This <laughs> from a different like podcast. No, like this, <laughs>
3: this is trash. Hunter. You can't give the people this. It's myself this. talking. No, we'll you give so- you a little bit of this. Bye. See you next week. I got, I got, I got loyalty, got loyalty inside my DNA. Cocaine, oh, water, peace, got up. war and peace my DNA.
0: I got power, poison, pain, and inside my DNA. I got, I got, inside my DNA. DNA. I got the hustle, the and fish and flow inside my DNA. DNA. I was born like this, it's one like this, yo, emaculate conception. We got mics, like yo. Like yeah, this, we, we bought them. We bought them mics from Best Buy and sometimes from Amazon. Depends where the best deals are. You know what I mean, And We bought a mic. We bought that microphone, yeah. We bought a mic. This is what hip-hop sounds like. Took the headphones off because I don't need no snare. Get the fuck out of here, Eminem. I don't need your flair.